Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. It's Brother Benique Ray, a.k.a. Brother Michael. Uh, i got my brothers, Rabana and Star Gigi, with me this evening. Uh, tonight, we're going to do our third and final part, uh, for the moment anyway, on the metaphysics of uh, Sith alchemy. Uh, but before we begin, I just want to make it clear, uh, even though some of the books that we are referencing, um, we've been reading from the, uh, you know, getting some key points from the, the Star Wars Sith book, which is the f- fictional aspect of it, and some books written by the uh, Sith Academy. We in no way are promoting 
you know, any books that we use as far as any organizations that are affiliated with it as far as, uh, let me be clear, on the Sith Academy, which is making reference to those books. Um, we don't agree with the complete ideology in all those books, uh, more so the metaphysical and the ritualistic aspect of it, uh, which we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, some, some of the stuff as far as, in our opinion, as far as some of the stuff, for an example, in the uh, Dark Lords book um, that the Sith Academy has put out, we don't agree with some of the stuff that they do. It's kind of corny. Um, uh, political views and things of that nature, we don't subscribe to any of that stuff. That's, we, don't, we couldn't care two, two shits about that. So we just want to make it clear moving forward in the future, if we make reference to books, organizations, um, we pull those books and information so you, the listeners, obviously can do the research get the information for yourself. That's the objective. But as we've said, again, uh, even when we have guests on the show, uh, and again, we've had uh, Dr. Phil Valentine on here. We've had Dr. Edward Bruce Bynum. We've had Dr. Delbert Blair, uh, Brother Panic. Um, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Dr. Jewel Pulkram. We have these people on so you, the listeners, can get another broad perspective of information, not because we subscribe to their ideology or we agree with everything that they say. We leave that up to you, the listeners, um, because, again, as, as we've made clear in the past, uh, we do not promote any one specific dogma group or organization. Uh, we wholeheartedly will prove to you, if you think in your mind there's one supreme leader, we don't subscribe to that bullshit either. Just want to make that shit clear. Uh, so we don't follow anything or anybody. Just want to make that crystal clear. Uh, and the books that we uh, point out are for reference purposes. And, again, for you, the reader and the listener, to do the study and the research on your own, and we by in no means, shape, form, or fashion are encouraging you to become part of any uh, group except, you know, the, doing the research and the study uh, for yourself. So I haven't got that out of the way. Uh, I might as well introduce myself first, and then my brothers will introduce introduce themselves next. Uh, as you know, traveling this occult path for over 20 years. Um, most of my brothers the same path. So when you're talking uh, to us and listening to us, we're not talking uh, j about it just from reading books. We're talking about it from personal experience, too, as far as experience of being Master Masons, uh, Shriners, uh, Rosicrucians, uh, dealing with the dark occult, um, Temple of Set information, um, Morris information, the Wapian, 5%. Uh, we went through all those different levels of learning um, to get us that experience to where we are now. Um, and the whole point of going through those experiences is to raise yourself. If you say you're a deity, you have to stand on your own two feet. On your own, and nobody can finish this journey for you. No leader, no teacher, no guru or swami. You are your own personal master teacher. If you haven't come to that realization, then this ain't the show for you because we don't suck nobody's dick here. We don't stroke nobody's ego because we don't care to, number one. And number two, we take complete responsibility for ourselves. We don't, put our, we don't put our soul into the hands of another individual. So we've traveled all those paths, and I want to make it clear, we're not saying that because we want a pat on the back. We just want people to be aware of the level of experience that we're coming from. And experience is different than just reading it in the book. So when we're talking about masonry, we're talking about it because we actually went through pretty much every degree in masonry you can go through. 
when we're talking about black magic and the occult, we're talking from an experience of working these magical rituals, okay? When we're talking about ancient Egypt, things of that nature, again, it's from experience. So we want to make that crystal clear. We're not armchair magicians, okay? We're not, we're not uh, you know, book-reading master teachers um, because, again, if you're not practicing the information, and it's useless. All right, so that's me uh, bringing Brother Ramanu. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Brother. Uh, yes, this is Brother Ramanu. As the brother, good Brother Beniti just mentioned, all the paths we walked, all the uh, avenues that we've walked along and researched, we um, want to make this clear and plain, plain and clear, that uh, when you set out on any path, See it to its end, and when you see it to its end, you'll receive what you need from any path, and then what you decide to do after that is your choice. By no way, mean, shape, form, or fashion should you ever be made to feel guilty, made to feel um, outcast or anything because you leave any path. There is no path that can take you all the way to the end. You're deceiving yourself if you think that. You're convincing yourself otherwise only because that is what you're made to feel when you're inside of these social clubs, organizations, uh, Disney club, whatever you want to call it. This is what you've been made to feel. So understand that unless you're willing to stand on your own two feet some point in your life, you're always going to be a servant or a slave to something or someone else. That's right. The reason why we went into this metaphysics of the Sith is to allow people to see that there is other ways and other paths that can open your mind beyond the limited uh, sphere of knowledge that we've been given. Everything we've been given has been given to us from a uh, so-called holistic, beautiful, light, peace, love, and light bullshit avenue or perspective and in this society and the world over, they've been made to really feel guilty for embracing your darkness. And I'm not talking about complexion. That's a whole other topic. I'm talking about the darkness that dwells within, the emotional aspect of yourself. You've been taught to to uh, quell your, your emotions, to put the uh, the water on the fire, so to speak, but never realizing that. When you're angry, for example, you do your best work sometimes. If you're fed up with the way things are over and over and over, eventually you're going to do something to change that reality. And that is the point of why we we bring you many different avenues on this show. Because we realize, walking on our path, that no one, not one teacher not one so-called leader, not one organization has all the answers to your path, to your salvation, to your whatever you want to call it. And let me explain quickly why. Myself, uh, of being of Puerto Rican ancestry, so to speak, also called Boricua, Taino, whatever the hell names you want to use to float your boat, make massage yourself and feel great at the end of the night, that's good. Great, wonderful for you. However... Because my lineage has so many different paths that it comes from, for example, I have lineage straight to Morocco. I have lineage straight to India. I have lineage straight to Kemet. I have
straight to uh, the Taino natives here in America. I have lineage straight to the Yoruba in the Congo region. I and myself realize that because I have all these avenues, these energies work with me and for me. However, they can also work against me. And when you understand that, you understand that these energies, you have to learn how to piece these energies to reap the benefits of your DNA lineage. And if you forego or bypass any of that, you're really a less than holistic person that you claim to be. So for all these people who just want to be pro-whatever, but you have 20%, let's say, Caucasian in you, I'm not telling you to glorify anything. What I'm telling you is the reality is it is that Caucasian gene inside of you that you don't understand because you've been taught to suppress, repress, whatever the case is, that wreaks havoc within you because you don't know how to appease that energy. So understand, not one path can give you the answers to all of what you're seeking. So that's just in short, in a, nut, in a nutshell, what we are about, and I pass it along to Brother Asar. Excellent, excellent point, brother. Uh, real quick before brother Sar, um, one one thing, brother, that you touched on is important because since Egypt seems to be, be the trendy thing today, and everybody's, you know, it's like the latest hip hop single that came out, the newest pair of Jordans and shit. Not everybody's from Egypt. Okay, we actually lost brother Sar. Uh, we'll wait for him to call back in. Um, not everybody's from ancient Egypt, and oh, something you said that resonated, brother was the fact that if you bypass all those things you are in your DNA, you disconnect yourself from your ancestors, and that's when that energy can work against you. So I know a lot of people that are heavy, per se, into the Egypt thing or the Yoruba thing, and they want to exclusively be that. That's what, that's what we're trying to say. You cut yourself off when you just exclusively subscribe to one thing because you're basically disconnecting from the rest of your DNA. So you might like... To sit there and I, I run into all these Negroes that, yeah, I'm a, I'm a direct descendant from the ancient Egyptians. No, you're not, nigga. Because if you trace your bloodline, and as Brother Ravana Noon just elegantly proved to you, and you find out in that bloodline you're connected to various parts of India, other parts of Africa, and different cultures, you'll find when you learn that information out, and you'll see how you'll grow when you connect and embrace that that aspect of your DNA rather than shut it down and try to exclusively to gravitate to something that somebody said you were and you gravitated towards it because you like the regalia and all the little trimmings that come along with it. That's the whole point. That's not a true magician. That's not a true master because that's all part of you and you are a part of that. That's the whole point. Um, having said that, we're going to get into a little bit more of that. Uh, got Brother Sargidi back on the phone. Uh, go ahead, Brother Saw. I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Peace is Brother Sargidi. And as my good brothers have stated, we have walked and are walking many different paths. And these paths all lead to one thing self mastery. That's pretty much the core of it all. It goes back to you. And um, to really understand where we've been going with this, you have to be at a certain understanding in dealing with your own journey. This is why my good brothers have just stated walking many paths because, as my good brother Ravana just stated, all truth isn't in one path. So if you guys really 
understand that, you understand why you have to expand your consciousness. You have to go into many different things, study your ancestral lineage, things of that nature, to really get a full understanding. Because it's all about you and how the laws of the universe apply to your mind. It's all about you figuring out you. That's what this shit is all about. That's what it's been about since the beginning. That's what I wanted to add on. I appreciate that, brother Asar. And again, those are good points because I, you know, many different examples. You know, I got many friends that that are Haitian, uh, Nigerian American, and you know, if you, for an example, we know the Haitian people have a strong connection to the West African tribes of Nigeria and Yoruba, especially the Yoruba tribes in West Africa. Um, so you can't just profess to be a direct descendant of one dogma, doctrine, philosophy, or culture that you like. You can't say, well, I'm a direct descendant exclusively of the ancient Egyptians when you trace your genealogy back and you'll find out you might have a large genealogy connection to, per se, West African tradition or rituals. In order to embrace, you know, the deep aspects or the endarkment of yourself, your subconscious mind, you would definitely have to indulge into that in in its in-depth entirety to get that experience and connect. Because if you just, again, when we say work for you and against you, we're not saying in a hocus-pocus bullshit way. We're saying you just stunt your growth and your energy. You cut yourself off. And that's something that cannot be done. And then, again, when we say we're not armchair magicians, you don't just sit back and read about this information. You put it into practice. Now, something we had just discussed. I'm sorry. I just wanted to add this into there, too. I was just talking about this recently is, you know, you hear many people, conscious brothers and sisters say, Oh, you know, I'm sending my thoughts to the universe to manifest things in my life. My question (laughs) is what's the process of that? How does that work? What is the universe? And you have to ask these type of questions because you have to really know what you're talking about to really know what the hell you're doing. Correct. Don't make it a hocus-pocus thing where I'm just just sending thoughts into the universe, beautiful love and positivity, and it's all going to manifest itself. Fuck all that shit. You have to really understand what the hell you're doing. So I ask these type of questions. What the fuck is the universe? How are you sending yeah. these thoughts? Where are these thoughts going? You have to know these things, and this is why we do shows like this to give people an overall, you know, of what they can find out or what they can learn. That's all I wanted to say. I appreciate that. And, and, and again, for the first mistake, and that would be, universe and we know uni is the greek word for one we know there's not just one we know we got into the term when dealing with Sith metaphysics of multiverse we know the infinite subconscious or superconscious mind links you into the infinite no boundaries no limitations we know there's multiverses that's what that means so anybody that is sending love peace and unity out into the universe is fucking confused because that's still religious because, again, you're, when you're defining something, when you're saying universe, whether you're aware of it or not, you are putting a limitation on it. Because if you're saying the one, 
Now, you have to explain how did the one get there. You understand when was the beginning, when was the end. When you're saying multi, because we know this is a process that continues when we deal with metaphysics, and it's a system, how this was structured mathematically that keeps reproducing itself, we know there are a multitude of galaxies, universes, mass levels of existence. Now, the only way you'll come to the realization of that, not because we're going to take you on Space Cadet Ride 101, because we're not going to sit here and teach you, <laughs> teach you, you know, about fucking space cadet rocket science. The only way you're going to come to that realization is by doing working, working this dark magic energy and tapping into the superconscious mind so you can experience it for yourself. So we're not going to take you to Spookyville 101 and start talking about shit that's not a reality to you because you can't prove it. You understand? So we're not going to even we're not even going to touch on that base. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kind of make you the listeners have to raise yourself up to that reality, not being told, and and not being read in a book because that can only get you so so much or to a certain level. And that's why we say we made it specifically clear we don't subscribe to one specific ideology, organization, or individual. So if you if you literally believe that one individual has the key salvation. To take you where you need to be, you might as well take your ass back to church, and you might as well wait for Jesus to come back because it's the same thing. The only person that can do it for you is you, and that's what this show is about. Now, on another note, before we begin, myself, Brother Ravana Noon, Brother Sargidi, we had this conversation, and we are in the process of getting this set up and structured of actually starting a temple where some of the And, you know, somebody's going to do all the work for you. That's not, that's not how that's going to work. Uh, this only working is based on you putting in the work and getting the benefits from it because, you know, if you don't do that, you're not going to get anything out of it. So we most definitely, it, it will not be a temple where a practitioner can come in and we're going we're gonna to do everything for you. And if you don't have anything to offer, then th- that, that's not for you. And we're not, looking for qu- we're not looking for quantity. We're looking for quality. There's a difference. Because we had discussed this the other night. I'd rather have eight solid people working spiritual magic and the rituals as opposed to 800 fucking knuckleheads, followers, do-boys, uh, do-girls. Uh, we don't want that. Because, again, it's, a, it's about quality, not quantity. Because you can generate the same power and energy with eight good, strong people, nine good, strong people, ten, as opposed to two, three hundred uh, wannabes and followers. Okay, uh, so we're definitely in the process of getting that structured by next week. This is something we're moving on fast because we're getting, uh, all of us are getting a lot of emails and contacts tell, telling us that, you know, we need to actually get something organized and started, and we were kind of waiting for the right time to do that. Um, we feel like now is the right time to do that. And, again, it's not for the weak or the faint at heart. This is actually experiences that you will actually go through and experience. So, it's an, it's 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 definitely it's you have to be involved to get the benefits from it. So if you're not willing, if you just want to be an armchair magician and read books, then that's fine. That's your thing. Do your thing. But if you really want to participate in work magic, contact the ancestors, put the rituals into practice, incarnate and invoke spirits and things of that nature, then that's the order for you. But it's not for the weak at heart. Um, 
But we'll get into that. More information will come out on that. Um, we're going to continue again. Remember, the books want to be clear. We're going to continue with the third part on the metaphysics of Sith alchemy. Um, I'll have Brother Ravana Noon again come in and explain the fictional aspect of it and the actual aspect. We're going to more focus on the actual aspect of it, uh, but we're going to get the fictional aspect out of it. And again, I want to make it clear, even though we reference books uh, by no means, shape, form, or fashion, are we encouraging anybody to join any organizations or books that we might reference, because we just want to make that clear. We don't promote anybody's ideology. So, Brother Ravon Noon, if you could, again, real quick, give a brief explanation to those that maybe didn't listen to part one and two, and just to brief them up to speed, explain again, as you've done the last two weeks, the fictional aspect of who and what the Sith doctrine is from the Star Wars trilogy, which is that that's not really what we're going to be focusing on, and then kind of explain that there is an actual uh, Sith order that deals with a certain level of information dealing with metaphysics, alchemy, magic, and sorcery. So if you could go ahead and touch on that briefly. Sure, no problem. Um, first of all, uh, I'm sure everybody's familiar with the Sith through the Star Wars universe. Um, George Lucas being taught by Joseph Campbell, which was one of his mentors. Joseph Campbell was a uh, a researcher on ancient mythologies all across the world. Being that that was the case, George Lucas studied a lot of these things, was exposed to the occult, and he created the Star Wars universe. In the Star Wars universe, the Sith, uh, as we've come to find through time, the Sith is actually an ancient race, a pure blood race that was red-skinned. They had tentacles on their faces, and they basically were on the planet Korriban, which is K-O-R-R-I-B-A-N. And the dark Jedi who had been expelled by the Jedi Council found their, uh, they had been expelled and exiled. They found their way in the galaxy to the planet Korriban, and there they met these powerful Sith. These Sith were in tune with the dark side, but they didn't really have the knowledge on how to really control it other than just a superficial layer of control. The dark Jedi being taught the Jedi way seemed like gods to them because of the powers and how they utilized the power of the Force. In time, they they mixed and created a superior race of people known as the Sith, who in time became antagonists or the antithesis to the Jedi. Now, that's the fictional aspect of that. But remember, everything in fiction has something in reality. If you only understand that the multiverse and how the multiverse works, whatever your mind can conceive, you create. Let me repeat that again. Whatever your mind conceives, you create in a multiverse, in a dimensional re- another dimensional reality to this one. So these ancient Sith, when we bring it to the physical aspect, the material aspect here in the physical realm, they would be related to what you would call the ancient temple of Satech, Set, Satech, Satuch, whatever names float your boat makes you feel happy. That's what it's related to. That's right. And these ancient temple of Set, Sets has always been looked upon at from 
the Kemetic, well, let me say it this way. Set or Setech has been looked upon from the Western Kemetic concept. Notice how I said Western Kemetic concept, and you'll understand why I'm saying that. In the Western Kemetic concept, Set became evil, ignorance, wrong, this, that, a third. All because the Western Kemetic concept meaning the Western mind is interpreting comedic, ancient comedic doctrine from a Western mindset, where everything is dualistic, polarities, and things of that nature. But in ancient Kemet, Setach was just the principles of darkness, which would be the balance to the principles of light, which would be Heru. Now, when we go into in-depth further knowledge of Set and Setech, we can understand that Set looked upon the powers of light as a controlling, as a religious, and as a suppressing kind of doctrine and information. But when it came to Set, when it came to Set or Setech, he said, I ain't having that shit. I'm not going to be controlled. I'm not going to be uh, caged like a monkey. I'm not going to be told what to do. I'm going to fight against the oppression of these people who want everybody to think a certain way and accept a certain philosophy. So that would be your material or physical aspect of the Sith set Sitech Seth today. And that is a story of where we're tying everything back into the metaphysical occult aspect of the Sith, Seth, Seth, Setech, in that aspect. Now, when you are listening to this, understand that if you're looking at this from a goody two-shoe, peace, love, and light mentality, you, my friend are controlled by the powers of light. And light is confusing. It's a binding light, and it's a controlling light. And you've been taught for thousands of years to suppress the real powers of yourself, your dark energies, which, as we know, this universe consists of mostly 93% dark energy and dark matter. That's right. Only 7% light. But you light worshippers want to glorify the light for everything. And you'll be like, yeah, but the sun and it shines and it's bright and all the sun and Ra's beautiful and great. Yeah, but the sun sits in darkness. Do you ever realize that? And it's only a portal in darkness. Darkness is vast and superior to that. And when you understand that fact, you'll start connecting back to the primordial consciousness of existence, you'll start tapping back further than just these thousands of years old concepts and then predate these concepts because people will say, well, Kemet, Kemet, Kemet. Yeah, but who taught the Kemetians? Oh, Nubians. Well, who taught the Nubians? (laughs) Well, because see, everybody taught something to somebody and that's how knowledge is passed along even to this day. So who taught the Nubians? Well, we could go spooky and say, well, yeah, you know, some aliens came down here and, you know, they saw some sexy-ass woman and they took them and all. Yeah, but who created the humans that were here? See, you could keep doing this on and on 
9 and 9 and not realizing that all the answers are in the dark because it all starts in the mind. And if you understand that concept, you understand that nothing happens in this physical realm unless your mind creates it. Now, people will say, yeah, but spirits and angels and Orisha and Netru. Listen, until you say Ra existed, Ra never existed. Now, catch this. Until your mind accepts the reality or the possibility or the imagination of a Ra, then Ra never existed until your mind accepted that. So everything happens in your mind first. And until you understand that concept, you'll always be controlled by somebody else and never learn how to con- create your own reality because you're always going to be using ideologies, philosophies, concepts, deities, religions, traditions that have existed prior to you, and somebody created it usually to control you. That's right. And let me let me add this, brother, you're on that subject, and something we've talked about over the last several weeks, which is very important. Uh, and when you were mentioning earlier about Sedos Atuk, uh, again, how you got a lot of these comedic Egyptian Negroes that are still religious, and they think they're not, but they actually are. Because uh, as, you, as you explained, uh, when you read the stories of Satuk, because nobody goes back to the ancient, and people like to use that word a lot, ancient and old and shit, and just make statements with no, you know, confirmation. Um, when you go back to how the order of Set was originally set up, you find it was one of the highest magical orders in ancient Egypt. When you really dig and indulge who really the deity Satuk was. Now, only thing people focus on is the story that came in the later dynasties between the war between, you know, Set and, and Osiris and, and Heru and how that all came about and not focus on really what it represented. Now, I bring this up because, as we've talked about over the weeks, you got a lot of Negroes that leave religions and faith and belief and claim they don't believe in that no more, but they, again, they come in to say the Yoruba or Egyptology, and they still look at it through the eyes of monotheism subliminally, and they're not even aware of it. And, again, I got to go back to the incident when we put that picture up of Satuka Set slapping the shit out of Horus, all the religious Negroes, all the religious Egyptian Negroes came out of the woodworks. Oh, man, that picture is disrespectful because they didn't understand the energy, as you just explained, brother. It represented, you know, going against the grain, not succumbing to anybody's ideology, creating your own destiny creating your own multiverses and tapping into the inner depths of the subconscious mind. That's what it represented. But the relig- the religious Negroes got up in arms, oh, that's, that picture is disrespectful to Horus. You religious-ass Negroes, go back into religion now. Because basically what you're doing is, and a lot of people do this, they take the Egyptian deities and they monotheosize them, whether they're conscious of it or not. They claim not to deal with religion, but they'll use terms like the most high. That shit kills me. The most <laughs> high raw. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah, you are religious. Right, let me interject on that. Whenever you say most high, for those who like to use the term like it's, it's going out of style, whenever you say most high, you bring into reality the, the polar opposite of that, which would be the most low. That's right. 
So understand, yeah. whenever you bring a reality of something being the most high, you have to also bring into reality its opposite. Because in your light, blinding religions and traditions and spiritual systems, you deal with polarities and dualities and That's never right. understood your own comedic master, Tehuti, ancient Tehuti, Hermes, Toth, when he said that there really is no such thing as duality or polarities. It seems to be, but everything is really the same. They're just varying degrees of the same thing. That's right. Understand that. That's right. Yeah, and it's just, it's just like, uh, oh. No, go ahead. I wanted to, to, want to add on, I want no, to, add no, no, on go ahead. to that. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, something that I was speaking about recently is, you know, the, the conscious mind, the ego, is a funny thing when you really pay attention to it. Something that a lot of people do, and it's promoted in the Western culture mostly, is um, we say that we want to be the best at something. I want to be the best fucking boxer ever. I want to be the best this. I want to be the best that. Something that I really understood in recent times is you could never be the best at anything because it's always somebody better than you and what you're doing. That's right. So how you really ask the question, how the fuck do they come up with these concepts of Muhammad Ali being the greatest fighter ever? Muhammad Ali didn't fight every motherfucking nigga on the planet. <laughs> so it, yeah. when you really think about this shit, you can never be the best. There's always going to be somebody better than you at what you do. So to be the best is delusional. It's a delusional concept. You can only be the best at being you. That's all you can be the best at is being yourself. Try That's to be better excellent. than somebody else, you're going into delusion again. Excellent point. And, and that's why I bring up the term the most high, that shit cracks me up. Because that is no different than a Christian saying heavenly father. Okay? And I don't understand how you can be spiritually conscious or even make the statement that I am a God, and then use that term. I'm, I'm just sorry. That's just the way it is. Now, another book I want to refer you to also um, when Brother Ravana Noon was given a breakdown of the origin of Sith, uh, it also goes back to the Templar assassins, and you'll find out the Templar assassins, their, the formation of their order and their doctrine was based on this dark light information uh, they dressed in all black. They dealt with sorcery and magic. They they worked with the ancestors, the spiritual energy of conjuring up, you know, those part of their lineage, things of that nature. It's all connected. Uh, there's a good book I would definitely refer people to get. Uh, it's called The Templars and the Assassins, The Militia of Heaven by James Wasserman, who actually has been a high priest in the Order Templar Orient, Orientists for over 30 years now, we actually know uh, James Wasserman. Um, and he's put out a lot of books on the assassins and magic. And, again, we tell you to check his books out um, because he has some good information. Um, he gets into the in-depth of the formation of the order, uh, gets into the assassins over history. He gets heavy into during the period of the Crusades, whether people know it or not, the assassins were the one who shifted the whole outcome of the Crusades by working their spiritual magic. And really that effect has lasted to this day. And this order still is in practice today, pretty much altering or bending, as it says in the Sith Doctrine, 
the force to their will. And that's what this is really about. And the last thing I want to add, and then we'll get into some ideologies. As we talked about last week, this has always been about empowerment, always will be. It's always about power because most people are not consciously aware of the fact. When you're in a debate with somebody, say somebody that's all about the light and the peace and the love and all that good shit, and you're coming at them with information like this, and say this is a spooky-ass Negro that thinks that what we're talking about right now is devil worship and evil because they don't understand what the word dark means or they don't understand what working with dark light energy means chaotic energy because they might have a misconception that that's associated with evil based on surface definitions. This person try to refute what you're saying and they want to get into a debate. Now, is that not trying to gain leverage to gain power? Because if somebody's trying to get you to see things their way, what is that technically called? Don't, you can use the word trying to convert you to the good and the positive. It's about fucking power. This is what these orders were always based on. They dealt with the chaotic aspect of the universe because everything you do, as we discussed last week and the week before, your goal as you get up every day and set your foot out that front door is to empower yourself. You just call it make myself better. That's the term you would use. But basically what you're saying is you're trying to empower yourself. Everybody's goal in life is to be successful, correct? Everybody wants to be. You know, that want to be better thing is just it's just trying to sprinkle sugar on shit pretty much. Exactly. Pretty much. That's exactly what it is, brother. And everybody wants to better themselves spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, and mentally. So it's always been about empowerment. So when we say empowerment, and you might term some of these things, man, these brothers are, are saying some selfish, egotistical things. Think how that, those two words have been, have been twisted and warped. Selfish for the self. Isn't the number one law in the universe self-preservation? Okay? So this is what this is about. Because if, you, if you're not right, you can't, if you can't help yourself, how in the world are you going to help somebody else and try to convert them to your ideology and you all jack the fuck up? Anyway, and, you know, it's funny because you have, you have people that spew that doctrine. Oh, you can't be a selfish person. You can't do this. You can't do that. Understand, when you walk around with that passive mentality, you're going to get crushed like a maggot. That's right. No doubt. People mistake kindness for weakness. And when you walk around with that mentality, you get stepped on. So, yeah, this is not about that. All right, so what we want to kind of get into, we're going to kind of we're kind of going to go through uh some of the books we will reference the season the, of the season. The the evening, I'm sorry. Uh The Dark Lords, the book we've been using the last couple of weeks, the Sith book. Um and also another book from uh Masters of the Will from The Dark Lords. We'll be referencing some of that. We might get some information out of the uh The Mysteries of the Temple, Set and the Templar and the Assassin. So this is where a lot of this information will be coming from tonight that you can go ahead and, and, and search out and research for yourself and, and, again, come to your own conclusion, okay? Not, not just by what's in the book and not just by what we're saying, but come to the conclusion based on how it resonates with the core of your band because that's the only way you should interpret it and assimilate it and perceive it for self, okay? Right, so let's, let's talk about... Uh, more more of the foundation of what Siths are, what the ideology is, what the mentality is. Um, if you do have the book, 
uh, go to page 93. We're going to take something off of, the, off of, off of there. The um, introduction and the Sith persona. Let's talk about that. Um, now, again, if some of this comes off to you as, wow, that sounds selfish and negative, then I hate to say it, you're, you're a religious-ass Negro. You might as well leave the show right now because this, this shit ain't going to be for you. I just got to keep, keep it 100. There ain't no sugar coating it. If that's the way you feel, well, that doesn't sound right. Then you're religious. This is this this show yeah, may not just, be for you. Just, just take your little powder puff ass to another show. Yeah, come back on when we have Phil Valentine, and he can tell you how great you are in Egypt and all that shit. If that's your thing, yeah, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you know when that one comes back up. Anyway, as Sith, it says, we face our enemies without fear. We face them as the victors who have already defeated them. We face them by calling up the passion that burns within us and unleash it to leave only husks of what once tried to stand in our way. We are the exceptional, the elite, and the intellectually superior. We are Sith. However, not all who claim themselves Sith are fitting of our name. And this training guide has been created to change this troubling reality. First of all, minions, you are maggots, you light bearers. You feed on the dung. We, the elite, leave you, and you beg for more and offer nothing in return. We're going to explain that statement. That's basically the cycle we got going on in consciousness right now. You seek to know the dark side, yet you have no understanding of what that actually means. You seek to be an apprentice to one of your masters. Notice how it said one of your masters, and yet you are maggots. What do you offer Sith? Initiates below, we'll get into the persona. Uh, we'll skip that part. We'll get into the persona. So this is a brief introduction of the mentality that a Sith has. And then we'll bring the brothers will give you a comment real quick. But one thing I want to point out right here in that statement, which I think is it really should resonate with you, okay? You feed. These are the light bearers. They feed on the dung the elite leave you, meaning most of these conscious Negroes walking around that think they have these high levels of comedic knowledge and information, that's just crumbs that come from that true dark light energy that we're talking about. And people take it, use it to their advantage, and create their own peace and love bullshit ideology, but yet do it a disservice by not explaining it in its totality. That's what this is saying right here, okay? So this would confirm if you are one of those light bearers and you're about the light, blah, 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 and all that stuff, then you are part of the problem, not the solution. That's what this is saying. Nobody wants to get down to the core of what this is really about. And then another part, when it uses the term, you seek to be an apprentice to one of your masters. That's the problem. Everybody wants to be, that's another term for follower, okay, in a polite way. There's many people out there that constantly want to be up under a master, and they don't want to be the master themselves. They say they're God. They say they're this, they're that. The black man is God. Blah, the black man is God, that. I'm a God, blah, 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 this and that. But yet, yeah, I got a, you know, Minister Farrakhan said that we can't do this. Dr. York said that we can't do that. You know, black Hebrew, Hebrew Israelite temple, you know, they said we can't do this. They said we can't do that. And then these are the same Negroes walking around saying, that they don't subscribe, they don't succumb or subscribe to technology. Well, the white man's ideology. Funny. It's funny. I was just dealing today, today on Facebook. I was dealing with one of those little maggots, you know, uh, one of those York worshippers. 
You know, right. and it, it it was it was hilarious. You know, uh, the dude couldn't stand that. You know, because he he made a little status, and I commented on it. He made a little status about Doctor Pork, and I commented on it, and he didn't like what I had to say, and he went off in his emotions and stuff. It's like fuck your leader. Right. You know he he you know the reason that he is where he is because he's weak just like you. That's right. And nobody likes that reality when you tell them. Your leader was weak. That's why he is where he is, because he was weak. Exactly. Well, these these, these Negroes, which I think is kind of fucking comical, uh, you know, they, they don't even want to conversate with me because I simply tell them, if your leader, as you claim in your information, that he is an uh, incarnation of Yanun and has the healing green force, how on the flip side are you going to say this nigga got angioedema and he's suffering and needs to be trans- transferred to a medical facility to help his disease and illness, then why can't you just activate the healing force? Or are you this, just this, 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 this the same? This the same nigga that they say will heal people with, by touching them and shit. Yeah, 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 by touching their penises, yeah. He would heal them. <laughs> or you can just face the reality that just like all of us that are struggling to balance out our humanity with our deity shit, that you're in the struggle just like the rest of us. Rather than just say that and call it a day, it's a wrap. I can get with that. But my problem is you set yourself up for persecution. When you put yourself up on a pedestal as being some, I don't care if it's Dr. York or anybody, put yourself on some pedestal or some deity that's infallible and that you have connection with aliens and extraterrestrials and all this bullshit, and then when you get into a jacked-up situation, the only defense you have is conspiracy and a white man set me up. Yeah, I don't buy that shit. Uh, you know, you can buy that popcorn, get the movie, you know, and get your popcorn and watch the movie unfold in front of you because it's yeah, a fair. He's, he's from the 19th galaxy, but the white man can hold him in a prison cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so what do you brothers think on what we just read, uh, that basic introduction from the Dark Lords, the type of mindset that a Sith have. Brother Ravon, how, how would you interpret that if you were teaching that to somebody, brother? How would you in, instruct them on how to get their mind conditioned for that type of mentality? Well, first of all, let me just repeat that same sentence again for those who might have missed it or just came in. It says that Sith, we face our enemies without fear. Now understand, this could be, it's, it's two things at once. You face your inner enemies without fear, and you face your outer enemies without fear. Unless you deal with your inner enemies first, then the outer enemies will always have control over you and will always bring more fear into your life and will always bring more craziness into your life because they only feed off of what they feel from you. This is like, for example, um, I've heard certain brothers or even sisters say, oh, I just always seem to attract dickheads or assholes or kind of these, you know, idiots into my life as far as relationships, right? And they always want to blame the person outside of them. No, you're attracting them to your life because you're the same asshole, dickhead, or whatever else you're, you're calling them. You understand, unless you defeat that within yourself, that's all they feed off of. So... To face your enemies without fear means that you first have to have an attitude of being courageous enough to face it. The problem with people is that they're not 
um, courageous enough to face their own demons or enemies within themselves. And then that makes them a quick pushover for people outside of themselves. That makes them an easy cakewalk for people outside of themselves. Because, see, they haven't learned control of that power within themselves yet. They're afraid to face the deepest, darkest part of themselves. They're afraid to face their perversions in their minds. They're afraid to face their handicaps. Their whatever you have, they're afraid to face it. So when somebody comes who's stronger than you, they can feed off of that weakness and basically make you their servant or their slave. Now, you may not see it like that, and you may complain, these guys always shit on me, these women always shit on me. Nothing can shit on you unless you let them. Let's get that part first out the way. Nothing can shit on you unless you let it. That's right. And the only reason you're letting it is because you have the mindset that you are not worthy, that you're dirty, that you're whatever whatever you feel, that has been your ruling reality. Your subconscious mind creates your reality. So those enemies within you, which are your demons of of the the part of you that you want to hide, that you want to sweep under the rug, whether it's your, you know, your issues, your insecurities, your doubts, your fears, your worries, so long as that continues to rule you, then people can constantly keep crushing you from outside of yourself. You open the door for that. So in order to have that mentality, you basically have to erase everything that was taught to you before of what it is to be yourself, meaning people are always giving you this conditioned and programmed mentality of what it is to be a human being. Oh, you're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to be good. You're supposed to be caring. You're supposed to be all these things. Well, has anybody ever stopped and looked and, and asked himself, well, who the fuck said that? Who even made up that we're supposed to be like this? Uh, well, you know, okay, for the religious fools. Well, God said so, really? Well, your God was bombing and destroying niggas throughout the whole Bible. So how nice was he or she or whatever? It was destroying and constantly causing chaos and havoc throughout your Bible. So turn God ain't the, as nice the as cheek. people think. Turn the cheek, brother. Turn the cheek. That's right. Yeah, so yeah, this concept is what basically has taken people and molded them to be basically, you know, a kicking ground for people who are more powerful, more strong in their ways. And you will always be the victim because you have a victim mentality. You have yet refused to face yourself and your enemy, so you continue allowing these things to manifest over and over and over. So as it continues to say, it says we face them as the victims who have already defeated them. Understand that passage. Mm-hmm. Whenever you do something, you don't do it as if it hasn't happened. You do it as if it's already happened. Anybody who studies any kind of metaphysics understands that you don't say, please let me get this shit. You, already, you make the affirmation as if you already have it. Because unless you do that, you actually don't really believe what you're asking for, or you don't really accept that what you really want is you want it that bad. So you're just playing yourself. You're just joking and playing around with yourself and allowing yourself to be open to anything that happens to you. However, when you face this, 
and you face it as if you already won, then guess what? You have won. Because that means you faced your enemies. You faced your demons. You faced your insecurities, your doubts, your fears. You faced these things, and you won already. So nothing else is going to defeat you because you've won already. And unless you understand this aspect, then you will always be just bait and, and, and victim. And you'll allow yourself to pray. You'll be that prey for the predator. And until you decide to change that, you will always be that. Then it says we face them by calling up the passion that burns within us and unleash it. People are afraid to unleash their passion because in this society, to passion is considered or synonymous with evil or lustful or things like that. Yeah, sure, that's a part of it. But your passions also fuel you to move forward for success. It fuels you forward to get your degree if that's what you're seeking. It fuels you forward to get a business started of your dreams. It fuels you. And if you didn't have that passion, if you're a passionless person, you're easily treaded on. And that's why they say we leave only the husk of what once tried to stand in our way. You best believe when you deal in the business world, and this is for all the business people out here, right, on this show, you know that in the business world is a cutthroat world. There is no nice shit. People are only nice for customer service aspect. But when you get to the real part of dealing with business, it's not a nice world, son. It's all cutthroat. And unless you have that mentality, understand that if I don't, Become victorious, somebody going to take that victory from me, and you will always be second rate. That's why some people succeed and others are walked all over. You got to understand, if, you don't, if you're a passionless person, you will always be abused and, mis- and used and abused and misused all your life. So when we do this part of the show, we're really trying to have you look within yourself to activate this dark, passionate side of yourself that's been told to you since you were a little child to control that is wrong, that's not right. No. Let me share this with you, and we've said this the last few shows. It's possible, and it's greatly possible as we continue on this path, we're learning this more and more in our lives at this later age, that the things that were told to you that are wrong are most of the times better for you than the things that you were told are right for you. Understand that. The more you are told, oh, stay away from that, that's the very thing sometimes that is best for you. I'll share one thing, and then I'll pass it on. Years ago, I would hear all these leaders and all the organizations I was with, I was inside of, always say things like, stay away from these people. Stay away from the Hindus. Stay away from the Rosicrucians. Stay away from, you know, the Wiccans. Stay away from these people, this, 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 that, that, that. All these goddamn other people. Always stay away and only listen to me. I have all your answers, right? Then when I walked as my own person, walking on my own path, I realized why they told me to stay away. Because a lot of the shit they were telling you came from those people that they told you to stay away from. So... When people tell you stay away from the Rastacrucians, case in point, Raul Nefraamun, sorry to hurt anybody's feelings who's a part of Taurus Society or Metanetra's readers and studious students, until you really walk, you will not understand that Raul Nefraamun took much information from the temple degrees of the Rastacrucian order. 
And right. you walk inside these paths and see it for yourself. And I'm not talking about took, as in, okay, he borrowed the concepts or the methodology. No, I'm talking about word for word, verbatim, he copied word for word or was in the temple degrees. Changed nothing. I mean, I can see if you change a couple words, and I mean, try to put in your own words. Nah, son. Word and Brother, brother Ravana, on that same note, how would any person be able to confirm that? Here's the game if they haven't gone through the temple degree. Now, why are we saying that? Because we can confirm it. We know, but we can't confirm you until you actually go through the degree. So the other thing I want to tell you, as Brother Ramon was saying, people tell you don't do that shit because most, more than likely, they've done it because they don't want you to uncover some shit that they might have went through because knowledge is power. So they figure if they could keep the shit from you and say, oh, man, don't, don't go through that. It's a bunch of bullshit. Here's my favorite one that the conscious comedic Negro loves to use. Oh, that's the white man's bullshit. He took that, and it's warded down. Yet, as the brother just said, the brother that put together the metumenter has word verbatim, taking information, not even changed one word around from the temple degrees of the Rosicrucians, where in that same book, he condemns the Rosicrucians as stealing their information from the ancient Egyptians. So, that's fucking hypocrisy in itself. So, again, the experience factor. And that's the thing, as we stated to you guys, it's all about power. These fucking leaders that some of you all may be looking up to, their goal was power. And in order to stay in power over you, they have to keep you from knowing certain things. They have to keep you at bay. They have to feed you the crumbs and they eat the whole cake. You understand? This is the mentality of the world that we live in. And you have to experience these orders. You have to study everything you can study possible to really get a good understanding. But first, you have to address these things within yourself. As much as the brothers have said, you have to go inside of yourself. Those, those uneasy emotions that you have here and there, those uneasy emotions, you got. sometimes you got to sit in those emotions and fill them out and meditate on them and understand where they're coming from because it could be a key to you gaining another level of power inside of yourself, some power that may have been taken from you in the early years of your life. This That's is what going in, This is what it means to go into the dark side. This is what it means to attain the true powers of the dark side going into the primal self. But that's all I want to add on. Excellent point. Uh, Brother Ravon, is there anything you want to finish with before we move on? That's good, brother. Okay. Um, some similarities I wanted to point, point out. The number nine, contrary to the belief that, you know, for an example, example in the Wapians would believe they have the exclusive breakdown on that number, but the similarities between these orders, for an example, the temple of Set, or the order of Satuk was Set, uh, the Dark Lords, or the order of Sith, or the Assassins. Nine is a prominent number in all those, because you see, there's the nine degrees that you go through, the order of Satuk, the various different nine maximums and echelons in the Dark Lords order, and then the Templar Assassins have the nine degrees of wisdom that a Templar assassin would have to go through to be declared a full assassin. Um, I'm pointing that out because, as we mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show, 
um, you will see a various connection between these orders that deal with the dark side or the dark light uh, from the very ideologies and the metaphysics and the alchemy they teach. They're very in line in sequence and very similar uh, from the very dress that uh, most of these orders wear, which is always represented by a, some type of dark black garb or ritualistic uh, uh, attire that, that these orders wear. Um, the rituals have very similar, very, very, very close in similarity. Uh, one thing I want to see if we can get into later, Order of the Black Sun, which is found in all three of those orders. Uh, some term it the Black Flame, uh, as in the Order of Satuk. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's connection is is similar now this is what we will be given a breakdown from um various different variations of these orders when when we open this magical temple um but again you're the practitioner and the word practitioner comes from the word practice so if you say you're a practitioner you practice the shit you don't just read about it i want to make that clear you the practitioner will be the creator and that's what we mean when we say that you will have something to offer that's want to make that crystal clear, all right? So there's a similarity in these orders. The other thing I wanted to go into next, and then we're going to go to the, in maybe about 15, 20 minutes, we'll uh, try to take some calls on the phone and take some questions online. Um, just be right. patient. Um, next thing, next thing I want to go into uh, is some of the same similarities uh, that were, well, actually, some of the mentality that we were talking about uh, a little bit earlier. So let's go back to that section. I believe we're on page 94. Uh, I want to skip down. Is comfortable with his, or let's say her hate. They embrace it and strengthen it with resolve to ever be victorious in all that they do, regardless of what field they're in, regardless. What this is, does not do is blindly rage, and we're going to explain that. He instead, or she instead, chooses the battles and the enemies so as not to waste his attention on what happens, on what offers him no value, okay? Simply meaning you're not controlled by your emotions. You use your emotions to work for the benefit of you, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. I want to go, I want to go down to the next one. Actually, the next three, and then we'll stop there, and then we'll build on that for a little bit. Uh, then it continues on to say, the Sith does not bow down to anyone unless he has something to gain from doing so. He takes no gods unless they serve his desires, and he proclaims loyalty to none but himself. This is the way. We'll say that again, loyalty to themselves Fucking first. This is the way. If he is to be loyal to a particular order, it is assured this order serves his desire to thrive, not to be a servant. If he takes an oath to the flag of an order, he is starting to benefit from the act. If he is to destroy or build up a structure or a government, it is an act of his will and serves him to do so. Not in a political sense. Uh, we, are, we are supposed to be taking on the mentality of overthrowing structures that are adverse to our true nature. That's what this is talking about. Uh, the next section, the Sith is not a role player. 
The Sith is not a role player. He does not sit for hours at a time by the glow of his computer screen pretending to be something he is not. Uh, that would explain all your YouTube. Facebook warriors. Yeah, your Facebook warriors and your YouTube gangsters, <laughs> your YouTube uh, you know, militia, you know. Photoshop uh, gurus. Right. If anything, he, he is the role creator. He takes what he pleases from where he pleases and manifests it as a reality. Okay, this is the power of his will, and this is his magic. That's what real magic is, manipulating the subconscious mind, manipulating the will, manifesting it for self, bringing it in from the mental plane and making it a reality. That's what a real God does, not just sit around, talk about it, read about it, okay? If a Sisso desires to carry the persona per se of Darth Bane, he will do so. If he wishes to carry the persona of the Joker from Batman, he will also do so. Then again, he may choose a persona that is external to fictional works. Say, for example, I wouldn't recommend this, Hitler. He might build his own with all the traits he desires. The Sith is not illiterate or lazy. The next one, then we're going to stop. I'm going to build on what this exactly means. The Sith is intelligent and dedicated to manifesting his deepest desires. He's dedicated to creating his own internal empire, and it said internal empire of the subconscious mind. And with enough focus, training, and arrogance, he will manifest that empire externally. He truly will be Sith Lord of this planet. The Sith should never carry himself in a way such as to appear foolish. He's better to silence himself quickly if this is the case. He should never try to spell a word he does not know, not to spell it and get it wrong. Rather, he should get a dictionary and look it up so he does not seem the fool, using it a metaphor. Know, know what you're talking about before you're talking about it. The Sith does not resort to childish name-calling. He's professional in all he does. To resort to such infantile behavior is to destroy the Sith's air of formidability. This is counterproductive, uh, obviously. Uh, actually, let's finish with the last two, because then the next section starts. The Sith is learned and not ignorant. The Sith is no stranger to writing, as he must constantly record his progress through his initiations, trials, and conquests. This being said, Sith must be able to communicate through written and spoken language. The Sith is also no stranger to reading, as his knowledge is brought in only by his desire to apply himself in literature and his willingness to listen to the dark side of the Force. The Sith is patient when the need exists. Though the Sith meditates inward rather than outwards as a Jedi would, he is nonetheless patient when it serves him. He is ever listening to his internal voice, ever observing the subtle influences of the dark side and ever aware of the placement of the light side in his life, which should ideally be none. Okay? That explains the mentality or the mindset or if you want to use the word ideology, that's the kind of mindset one must have to encounter what we would call endarkment, the dark side, dark forces, chaotic energy, the many different terms in these various orders that we're talking about this evening, uh, be it the Templars, the Order of Setters of Took, or the uh, Sith Order. Um, the, the, the ideologies and the teachings are identical and they line up. And you're, you're seeing that based on when you do the research again, because remember, as it said there, one of the personas of, of the Sith is to be highly intelligent, a reader. And they use the metaphor for an example of, for an example, don't spell a word wrong. Look it up, meaning know your shit before you start talking about it. Don't just make blind statements per se based on what you like. And that's a, 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 fortunately, 
That's what a lot of people do. They just like to talk about shit they think they know about or shit that they like or shit that they gravitate towards because they think it suits their personality. And then you'll hear, you'll hear a bunch of blind blanket statements. And when I talk to a lot of these people, I can tell you right where they got it from, what book. I can tell you who they study under. And sometimes they're so stupid, they word verbatim control, a word verbatim quote a teacher or a leader or a book. And what that basically shows me that this individual can't think for themselves. Rather than take the information, assimilate it, put it into their own perspective, and then give me your input on it. That's the difference when we say offering something as opposed to taking something. Because remember, when we read just a short while ago that dealing with disorder and ideology, you have these bottom feeders that have taken fragments of the dark side or endarkment or the chaotic energy and have taken those small fragments and twisted it and, and misinterpreted it to, to make it appear as something else. By, by doing that, they've done a disservice to the to- totality and the equilibrium of what that information actually represents. Unfortunately, we've got a lot of that shit going on right now, and that's what this is addressing here. So taking on this persona or this ideology or this mindset, um, these would be the steps, as we talk about on the show, of being retaught, reprogramming the subconscious mind, which would elevate you to the superconscious mind. And then once you're able to activate the superconscious, you'll see that your potential is unlimitless. You won't, you won't be defined or limited by anything. You'll be able to release everything that's weighing you down. As it said in the Emerald Chablis of Tehuti, how does one make themselves less dense? By ridding themselves of all those things that are misinformation, all those things that keep them more dense or confound to the physical realm, as it's said in there, such as the one thing which always resonates with me, when you take on ideology, when you name God, as it said in the Emerald Tablets, by naming God, you create other gods. That's some powerful shit if you really understand what that means. When you name God, so when you say Allah, Yahweh, Elohim, whatever term, God, Jehovah, by doing that, you have created other gods because now you're taking away from, in essence, what it is you're trying to really, really understand, understand, et cetera. Uh, so this is what this is about. Um, brothers, if you want to comment, i got something to add to that before we take some phone calls. Well, let's, uh, let's go to where you were at, brother. And, uh... <laughs> Definitely, uh, the one I want to really pick up on is Sitha is not illiterate or lazy. Oh, I want to hit oh. the lazy part first. Yeah, go ahead. Because people want the riches of the world. They want the knowledge of the world. They want all these things. But won't do a damn thing for it. Don't, don't do a damn thing to get it. <laughs> but are willing to proclaim themselves to be Facebook guru number one, occult master number two on Facebook, financial guru on Facebook, sex master, tantric master number three on Facebook, or whatever other title these people want to profess where all they're doing is sitting behind a computer screen, looking up Google and Googling and reading all these things online, and think they're a master just because they read certain books, but never walk the path. 
Remember this. There are those who talk about the past, and then there are those who walk the path. To really know, you must walk the path. You cannot learn anything just from reading a book. A book is just a guideline. It's not going to give you some in-depth, profound information or knowledge. It is within the walk that you find what you're looking for. And to mention, as Brother Benini said earlier, whether you call these people Sith, whether you call them in India, they call them the Thugi, whether you uh, call them uh, the Black Brotherhood, whether you call them the Hashishin or the Assassin or the Assassin, they all had many of the same principles. They all had the nine principles of initiation. And even the Arab Assassins, which became known as the Hashishian, which comes from the word hashish because they used to smoke that shit up before they went to battle. But anyway, another story. They had nine degrees as well. Now, these nine degrees are very important to understand because these nine degrees represent you. They represent your mind, body, spirit, your etheric body, your astral body, on and on and on and so forth. For all those who want to be deep and know every goddamn little thing, it represents these nine principles of you, okay? And each initiation is activating that one part of you. And unless you forego the laziness that's been bred into you, you're not going to get shit. You can read all day and night about um, the jinn, let's say, Okay? And then tomorrow you're on Facebook and you're a master of the jinn and you wield the the star of Solomon or Suleiman and you control the jinn just because you read some books on it. And now you had a dream about this shit where you was just the master over all of them. Now you really think this. The mind can, can also convince you of anything you want to think, okay? But you never walk the path to really understand it. I far... I have for far too long met too many lazy-ass people on this on these paths that never got anywhere, and you and others and I myself, we pass them along on the road. You get to the other side, and you come back around, and they're still right where you left them at. And they're still on Facebook proclaiming to be a, a cult master. They're still over here claiming to be this, 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 that. Let me tell you something. If you feel like you have to emulate somebody by their dress, if you feel you have to wear the same top hat as somebody, if you feel you have to have the same symbol as somebody, you're still a servant and a slave. I don't care how master you feel you are. That's right. Because you, a real master creates his own ideologies, his artifacts, his talismans, his language, his everything. Everything that works for that own master, not what works for everybody or what everybody's done before me, what everybody has walked, that's already past that have been laid out for you and before you, right? But you are supposed to go through these paths to find your own path and start to create your own ideologies, philosophies, artifacts, talismans, amulets, candle magic, rituals, all these things because rituals serve to reprogram the subconscious mind. 
And if you're using somebody else's system to reprogram your mind, I'm sorry to tell you this, all you master cultists out there, but if you're using somebody else's system to to reprogram your mind, a part of them is inside the reprogramming of your mind. <laughs> let me say yeah, it again slowly. Because yo, he's back. He's back, man. I don't think they're ready. No, no, no. Let me say it again because I don't – this might be too complex, right? This might be too complex. Yeah, yeah. Simplify it, brother. Simplify I got to simplify it. Let me simplify it. <laughs> Meaning, when you use people's books and information and you say, well, I'm creating my own shit. Yeah, you're reading other people's information. And then you think you're creating your own stuff. But a part of that, what you read influenced you in creating – your own ritual. So do you understand that a part of their essence is inside of your ritual, which means that part of them has a control over you? That's right. This is what it means to be a real Sith, is to break away from all that and create your own everything without the influence of others, their light ideologies or whatever ideologies, it's still affecting you some way, somehow. So their part of their essence is affecting and uh, your reprogramming your subconscious mind. So a part of them goes into your re, uh, into. Let me say it slowly. A part of them goes into the reprogramming your subconscious mind. So a part of them is in your subconscious mind. That means Correct. you're not truly free. Correct. You understand this. You can't break free until you totally break free from everybody else's ideologies, philosophies, theories, concepts, points of view, and everything else. I, for years, Brother Beniti, for years, Brother Sar, for years, read thousands and thousands and thousands of books. And we studied the hell out of all these books. We looked at all these books, digested it, walked through them, the whole nine. At the end of the day, you're still left with an empty feeling. That empty feeling is that part of you that's seeking you, meaning that part of you is trying to break free from everybody's stuff that you studied, walked through, learned, whatever, and find its own self system that works for you, your system that you create for yourself, not a part of somebody's system, and I'm going to throw it in here, a part of this system over here and throw it in here. No. Some of y'all might have had dreams, and when you woke up, you drew some symbols that came to you. That's working with yourself because that comes from your subconscious mind creating a sacred geometrical symbol that activates your subconscious mind whenever you look at that symbol. That's right. It helps you access the deeper parts of yourself. So don't bypass those as if it was just a dream. No, that's your inner self speaking to what is necessary for you on your work. But we bypass it because we don't have the mentality that our shit is superior to other people because Elijah Crowley walked this shit, so he got to know more. Or such and such walked this shit, so they got to know more. Bullshit. You know just as much as any of these people. The only difference is they were not fearful on their walk, so they got there. That's You're right. still fearful to stand alone and stand on your own two feet to create your own shit. That's why you ain't there yet. 
And as long as you continue to be fearful and not getting there, it's going to breed that lazy mentality where people going to, you feel people have to do it for you or you have to go to somebody so they can do it for you because I can't figure this shit out myself. Correct. You can't figure it out yourself because we're a living testament of being in a place where we were so brainwashed and conditioned and programmed from somebody else's ideologies and philosophies and system to breaking totally free from that to never be deceived again. That's right. So when we tell you these things, we're telling you from personal firsthand experience, walking these things and experiencing these things, so we can share our experiences with you all from the inside out of what it meant for us to be in a situation like that, to break free and then follow and walk your own path. So that's why we take you there to these different aspects to understand that all of this you can do yourself. You don't need Sith Academy to be a Sith. If you feel that the Sith resonate with you, whether you watch the movie Star Wars, play the video game, or read some books, and it resonates with you on different levels, guess what you are? A Sith. And nobody can say that you aren't. And for anybody to say that is also a system of control, and and they're trying to make you their servant or slave. And in this world, you're going to realize and find out that there's a constant war going on. The war is you either be the master or you be the slave. Somebody's always going to try to enslave you, and somebody's always mastering something. That's right. Which side you're on is up to you. I know what path I chose, and I know what path these brothers chose, but every day you're going to be in a war. And every day that war is for somebody to control you or you to control them. Whether you think so or not, whether you want to be all peace, love, harmony, right, and it's bullshit. At the end of the day, you're still trying to get something from somebody. And if you think you're not, let's wake up to the reality. Here's one thing. Brothers, when you're trying to get with a female, all this poetry, all these flowers, and all these beautiful things that you spewing forth and revealing to this female is for one or two major purposes. Either you want her as your mate or you want to fuck the shit out of her. Now, let's be real. Usually it's fucking the shit out of her. Then it's becoming in a relationship. But see, some of y'all niggas are going to lie and try to be all holy-roly because you're on a radio show or your mate is looking over your shoulder or whatever the hell it is. But the reality is one or the other. You're no, always trying to get you can't, from you can't say you can't say that, brother. You can't say that. That's so evil. I'll say it because I've been in it, and I know Listen. it from the inside Listen. out. Listen, Listen, it's, all, it's, all, it's all it's all about the goddess, brother. It's about the black woman is God. Yeah, and she's the queen mother of the universe, brother. Listen, Listen if we if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about keeping it real on that level, okay? Let's let let let's be real. Okay, and we, we've mentioned this before in previous shows when we talk about the sex force. We talk about females, uh, males, relationships, things of that nature. One thing we have to accept, and this is not just on a male level, um, there are some females that fall into this category too, because I know everybody likes to say, no, I'm loyal. No, there is a part of passion and attraction that is deep down inside of everybody. And if you as a man, I don't care if you've been with a woman in a relationship, Married could be for 
five days, one month, six, ten years, you still lust after other pussy. Don't fool yourself. <laughs> and if that, if that statement rubs you the wrong way, number one, I don't give a shit. Number two, if we want to be really walking this path, let's really recognize the real for what it is. People say keeping it real. Let's keep that real. Now, that doesn't mean, per se, you may not love your wife. Don't confuse lust. You know what it makes me laugh? If, if I'm going back because we're, we're a little bit old to school heads. You remember that skit with Eddie Murphy on Delirious yep. when he, he describes the skit where he gets caught cheating on his wife and he says, he says, yeah, that's right, I fucked her, but I make love to you. I want you to gravitate on that for a minute. People don't understand how to separate the two. Now, I'm bringing that up because part of this is being able to appease your desires but not controlling them. Now, this is a part of dealing with this dark side that most people really don't want to address because people get this westernized philosophy through media and TV that it's about the monogamous relationship, the picket fence, the dog, the pretty house in the countryside, you know, soap opera. <laughs> you know, people, people really think, whereas so-called people that claim to gravitate towards these ancient African and Kemetic cultures would know that that's, that was never our way, never will be, okay? And even though we're pointing these things out, here's, here's a conversation I have with somebody. As, as you just heard Brother Ravana say, we keep saying not just reading about it, talking about it, et cetera. But let me give you an example, okay? Now, we're going to get to some questions, but just something that somebody typed in, which I thought was critical. It, it is not mandatory to do any ritual. Um, but, again, when we say the word ritual, let's not get in our head of what we know as a ritual mainstream from what we read about. We're not talking about gathering uh, per se, enlightened candles in a systemized ritual, because as Ravana, as Ravana said, if you think of, say, a symbol that comes to you in a form of meditation or thought, okay, you in yourself have went through a own personal ritual of the subconscious mind, and you did, you had a higher state of consciousness that came out of that experience. So a ritual can also be an experience. So we want to make that clear. It's not just a systemized ritual as taught on the mainstream level. But here's another example um, to, to, to explain in kind of detail. I was having a conversation uh, this brother. He's a, he's a good brother. Uh, I know this brother for years. He's, he's very heavy into Egypt. And I'm not going to say his name because it's not important. Um, but the brother's heavy into Egypt, and the brother's got, he's got good heart, good intent, but he sometimes gets caught up in the – and I, we always have this conversation. We, we talk – uh, for long periods of time, and, and I'm trying to get him out of that mind state. But he's he's kind of religious, but he doesn't realize it. He claims he's not, but he is. And he'll make statements like, yeah, hey, to Hooty, this and that. And, and, you know, he'll name all these Egyptian deities in this conversation. So he was talking to me the other day about Tahuti, Tahuti's describe. He's giving me he's very historical. So I said, Well let me let me ask you a question. <laughs> and this is where the silence came in. I said, Let me ask you a question. You're talking about Tahuti, yeah, we know he's the scribe, he deals with the intellect. See, I'm trying to get the brother to see that they are just archetype energies that represent a higher state of consciousness. So I'm trying to get him out of the literal thing like a religious person would do. Uh, for an example, and not understand the Christ consciousness as opposed to literally making Christ an individual or the Buddha consciousness. It's the same concept. Well, anyway, 
So I said, all right, having said all that, brother, I said, can you invoke the Tahutian energy or the spirit of Tahuti? And and the Negro just looked at me like, what do you mean? I said, let me say it again. The next time somebody's talking to you about deity, I don't care what deity it is, okay, it could be Tahuti, it could be Buddha, it could be Krishna, it could be Vision, it could be Prime. I don't care who it is. The next time somebody talks to you about it, say, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, have you or are you able to activate and invoke the spirit of that energy? If you can, it's not real. If you can, it's not real. So he didn't know what I was talking about. This is what we're talking about when we say magic, or if we use the term ritual, for lack of a better word, um, to invoke the energy or the archetype energy that that force represents. Uh, because this is what this really represents, what it means uh, to take yourself into the inner destiny of subconscious mind. Because, again, when you study on the surface, for an example, in any of these cultures, it could be the Yoruba culture, the Hindu culture, uh, the Egyptian culture. Remember, all these deities are archetype energies that represent aspects in nature, creation, or consciousness. That's, that's very important to grasp. So when you look at the breakdown of it, for an example, and I've mentioned this before on older shows, if you have a sacred space set up or an altar or a shrine, whatever you want to call it, and you say, for example, in your altar or your shrine, such as I know me and the brothers do here, say you have a representation of many of these Egyptian deities, for an example. All right, let's use the deity set, for an example. You're not supposed to have that deity there or that symbol there representing literally where you're man-worshipping that deity. Like there is a deity set, and I'm worshipping set or acknowledging set as a Christian with Jesus. Okay, if you're doing it in that way, it's, you're, you're completely off base. You have no idea what this is about. Now, if you tap into the conscious aspect of what set represents, as we said, unlimited potential, the chaos deity of confusion and chaos, not in the sense of what surface information would label chaos and confusion as something being so-called negative, but as undefinable, again, no boundaries, unlimited. So that's a focal point. And is it necessary to have it? No. But I'm saying that's, it should represent an aspect of your subconscious mind. So what you have in your sacred space should be a representation of what's going on inside your head. That's what it said in the beginning when we read in the book, you create your own internal empire and use that terminology. And, and remember, we're using just the said you do not have to, you know, make the claim that you're a Sith. We're talking about the energy of the consciousness that it represents. So we want to make that crystal clear. And that's why we said in the beginning of the show, we are not encouraging anybody or, in, or endorsing anybody to become a part of any order in order to gain these higher levels of information. You can do this on your own. We're just talking about the energy that is represented by the higher states of consciousness that these orders all go through. Now, I want to make another thing clear. Um, when we were talking about books, okay, you have to read books and study. But as we said, when you don't take that information and create your own things, because we all have to read, study, and research, and sometimes the manifestation of that is similarities on what we're going to do on a spiritual level, sometimes. But what Brother Ravana and we've been talking about since the beginning of the show, we want to make clear, but when you strictly get stuck in that where you're following it, the book, or any book, or any information to the T, then now you have taken on an essence 
of the individuals that created that when you're not creating anything at all on your own level. So when we say, as in the past, as we said on older shows, you can use it as a, just as a guideline or maybe a, a base of your structure of, to give you a general idea, and that should motivate you to say, okay, because a true person would read a book, for an example. Let me give you an example so you can, I want to make sure we're clear on this. Say you read a book on candle magic. All right, let's use that because this is something that I specialize and love to do. Uh, say you take Charmaine, Charmaine Day's book, The Magic Candle, or Raymond Buckland's Candle Magic and Burning Ritual. Say you read the whole book front to back. So after you read that book, you should really meditate on what you just read. Go, go to your sacred space, go within, and just really absorb. Meditate on it, and you will find out if you focus hard enough, you will just naturally from within the inner depths of your superconscious mind and through your DNA, you will just start creating shit, and it will just come and it will flow out of nowhere. That's because you've contacted the superconscious self. You've contacted that dark energy, and that, all that did was just spark it. So information should just be just as a guide and a criteria and a spark. So I want to make it clear. We're not saying don't read books because we'd be hypocritical if we told you that. Okay, so that's not what we're saying. We, we are saying don't solely be controlled and follow the book. That's the problem that's going on today in the conscious community where everybody's jockeying and positioning for power, saying that they're about unity, and I find this shit funny. And they're all claiming to be about unity, but everybody's got their own little splinter group and organization. Join this, and I'll get you a naturalization package, or join this, and I'll make you a more. <laughs> oh, you need to join my group, the New Covenant, and I'm going to show you that we got all you know, everybody's claiming to unify, but within that unification, there's a multitude of separation. That's a fucking rap song right there, brothers. I think I'm going to write that shit. That's a fucking rap song right there. <laughs> yeah, brother. But that's my whole point. Yeah. What does it all go back to? Self-empowerment. So if you guys want to comment real quick, and then we'll go to the phones, because I know it's getting late. We ain't even gone to the phones yet. It's almost, it's almost 11 o'clock. But uh, if you brothers want to yeah, quick I wanna, comment. I want to add on to that. Is is very powerful. I mean, as I stated a little earlier, when I when I ask the question, you know, when people speak about the universe, uh, sending messages to the universe and things, the reason you ask the question, "What is the universe?" and and all that that, that those type of questions is because. You want to see if the person really has personal experience or a personal philosophy. Personal philosophy should be the root of everything that you do. If you That's do right. not have your own philosophy about shit, you're pretty much operating in somebody else's mind. You know, and the only way that you generate your own philosophy is you dealing with your inner self. You're working in your inner self. You know, and you really have to understand yourself to understand how your universe works, your energy works. For example, these different emotions that we have, they operate a certain way inside of us from certain experiences. For example, the emotion of anger. You know, society tells you you're not supposed to get angry. You're not supposed to feel angry. You're not supposed to do this, this or that. And they teach you to suppress this emotion. And when you suppress that emotion, it can come out all totally different way. It can come out of you as being too passive. 
and life situations or things like that. But, you know, as a master of self, you have to learn how to channel that anger. There's nothing wrong with feeling anger. You and learn we just how to that. channel that anger. That's right. Yeah. And you Brother Saul, when we read that passage, what did it say? Uh it using the Sith consciousness or the Sith philosophy, a Sith never goes into a blind rage. So that also can happen, like you just said, if you suppress that anger, then what can happen? Like you say, you either become passive exactly. or the flip side. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I could say something something from my personal experience. You know, like I used to um, have problems with speaking my truth, but something that I figured out, a formula that works for me on a personal level is when I release that emotion of anger in a situation and I channel it, you know, it pretty much, it makes up for not speaking my truth and pretty much it balances that part of me out so I have no problems and speaking my truth anymore because that emotion is now balancing out another issue pretty much. You have to really understand how you work. That's the core of this shit. And understand emotions are extension of the primal consciousness inside of you. It is the extension of the subconscious mind, emotions. And when you understand your emotions, you understand how this shit really works. That's all I wanted to say. Appreciate that, brother. Brother Ramon, anything you want to add before we take some calls? No, get to the phones, brother. Get to the phones, uh, brother. All right. All right. So, all right. So, I think we've said a mouthful. Um, so, for the next uh, about 45 minutes, we'll try to stay on to 1130 because, we, you know, we like this to marinate. We don't want to overdraw. We want you because we're, we're touching on a lot. And then all of a sudden, we, you know, some people say, oh, man, we want more. We want more. Go on, go on, go on. That That's not productive. Uh, so we like to give you a nice chunk of a lesson and then, you know, marinate on it for for the week. And then when next week comes up, hopefully it, it, it sparks your consciousness to a, to a whole nother level. All right, so you know the rules. If uh, we go to the phone, make sure your phone is unmuted, please, uh, because some people forget to unmute their phone and, and then they're trying to talk and you can hear us, but we can't hear you. Uh, if we do plug in on the phone and you don't have a question or a comment, just say, just listening, and we'll move on to the next caller or question. And I will kind of bounce back and forth uh, from some online questions to phone questions. Uh, will we be able to get to everybody tonight? Absolutely not. That's going to be impossible. Uh, and I kind of just go in order. I'm not handpicking nobody or, or, or kind of going favoritism. Uh, what you see on the screen may not necessarily be the order that I have in my queue. I kind of go by the queue, which you can't see. Um, uh, so let's get to it. Let's first go to Brother uh, Jack, Jack Charles. Brother Jack, what's up, Jay Jizzle? Brother Jack, you there? Yeah, I'm here, brother. What's going on? What's going on, man? How you been, brother? Doing all right, doing all right. Um, great show tonight. You know, stop provoking and appreciate it. Um, I just want to say for me, man, like, what's been, what I've been doing this past, like, two weeks is uh, kind of like set away from more of the books. I was like, okay, let me contact these, not, not so much, uh, let me contact who I want to contact through my dreams and is, and is going to their realm and let them they teach me something about myself. So right mm-hmm. there, focus on emotive first. And like, I just, it was crazy, man. Like this was a, it was a crazy two weeks, man. I focused on emotive. I worked through the uh, 
Inez, the older ads, you know, I, I'm not working in that. So I'm talking to different people away from that, but, like, every time, every dream I had was, like, you know, they were just teaching me. It was me in a situation. They were teaching me things about myself, which correlated with, you know, not so much when you read it. Like, when you read and you just try to, like, meditate on it and you try to think about, okay, you try to reason out, okay, these, these attributes. You, you uh-huh. really just, what I got from it was, like, I'm just seeing it in myself, like, you know, what each, each, uh, archetype was teaching me, like, it's all in myself. Everything was within myself, and I realize now that, you know, it's just about me, you know. Everything, all this information is about me. Everything is all in me, and, like, I right. appreciate you guys for helping me really see that, like, it just took, it just took things to the whole next level for me, you know. We're right. at a point now where, you know, you know, I ain't got to really, like, try to teach anybody this stuff. It's more like, I'm just like, That's right. what I want, and it's go to the next level, and just that's it. It's, it's break, I'm, like, I feel myself now like I'm breaking barriers that I didn't think was possible, you know. But it, it all started with me understanding that, okay, it's just I have all the answers. I got to find it within myself, and I got to do it my own way. And once I did that, it's like things kind of like changed. Like, even, like, in my daily life, like, things right. are changing. I'm seeing things differently. So that's... Well, that's, that's, Jack, that's yeah. Brother Jack, something, something powerful you said in the beginning, and I'm glad to hear what you're saying. Because you're just you're basically doing everything we just talked about. You're creating your own path. Yeah, you know I like the statement you said. It got to the point once I put the books down, and you used the term you said Tehuti for an example, and by by thinking, formulating the thoughts to contact that conscious energy, you 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 put energy towards it. That would be invoking the spirit. This is what I tried to tell the brother that I was having the conversation with. So when you solely focused within, for an example, and I'm using the, the example that you just mentioned a minute ago, say, say Tehuti, and I know you mentioned the Ogloath and some of the other deities that you projected thought consciousness to. And then obviously we know our dream state is a tremendous method of astral traveling and contacting these, these archetype energies. But I like when you said that once you put that down and you started summoning them by your very thoughts, you drew that energy towards you, which therefore opened you up to the spiritual experience, the spiritual experiences that you had. Even though it's personal, we're not telling everybody listening to accept what you're saying because that's personal. But by sharing that personal experience, it goes to show you it's just good to hear that somebody's having a personal experience based on a path that they created for self. And that's why I said now in that path, sometimes there's a manifestation of similarities. This is how cultures are started. This is how philosophies and orders and spiritual information, you know, is, is put down and written in books. But my whole point is I'm, I'm glad to hear you say what you just said, and I hope the listeners grasp toward that. That would be the difference of reading about Tehuti, you understand, as opposed to invoking the energy of Tehuti. That's the difference. And I'm glad that you explained that because – I hope listeners were paying attention to that part. So it's just good to hear that. I don't know if you brothers want to chime in on that. Good. What about you, brother, sir? No, you can go ahead, brother. All right. Any other questions, brother Jack? Uh, um, that's pretty much it, man. That's, that's, that's it right there. All right, no problem. It definitely are, bro. We appreciate you listening. I know you listen every week. And as always, we appreciate your call. And, and again, man, just keep creating your own path, man, brother. 
Let's just go. All right, brother. All right, let's go. We'll see if uh, let me scroll up. Give me a minute. I know we had a couple comments online. Let me go up to the top. See if we missed it. I don't know if it was anything critical or key, but let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna read some. Go through them. Uh, Shango Atum Seven had typed in earlier when we were talking. An over display of kindness is weakness, no doubt. We talked about that. Uh, there's another comment he writes in, which I think is good. Not realizing as a god to manifest your your true godhood, you have to destroy any god that has a hold on you. That shit is so important. I'm gonna, let me read that again. Not realizing as a god to all you conscious folks that say I'm God or I'm a goddess. All right? Here's the second part of that statement. You have to destroy any god. You can't be a god if you cannot destroy any god that has a hold on you. Okay? That will make that shit crystal clear. And that's a powerful statement. I don't know if you brothers want to chime in on that. Um, sure. But we kind of been, you know, we've been talking about that. Go ahead, brother. Another way to say it is this. Uh, if you're a god, who do you pray to? Now, <laughs> always remember this. I hear so many people That's say, oh, God, I'm God, I'm God, I'm God. But then they say, oh, brother, I'll, I'll call you back. I got to pray. Uh, who are you praying to? If you're the God, <laughs> yeah. if you're the God, then you're the highest you know, oh, the most high. Remember the most high, brother? That's what yeah, they'll say. High. No, but I'm not the most high. You're still a god. And as a god, there is no god above me, before me, or, or greater than me. So you have to understand that once you claim to be a god, that's what it is. You're a god. You're the manifest and creator of your own destiny. And whenever you pray to something or you or you give your energy to something that's outside of yourself, you're not in totality or holistically that 100% God you claim to be. Brother, that's you right. Better give, you better give that coconut to old box a lot, brother. So a lot of people forget this. You know, like like brother Sarge just said, you know, they got to give the coconut to, to old box a lot. If not, you know, they're, they're going to be punished. Well, I thought you were God. How the hell can you be punished from a God? Exactly. You're your own God. You're the only one that can punish you, and you're the only one that can give life to you. So why would you be afraid of yourself, so to speak? See, this is this is the this is the the, the situation that many don't understand. They claim one thing, but really don't understand what they're claiming. So, how in depthly have you really been studying this knowledge and information that you claim to know? Because once you realize to the point that if I make a claim that I'm God, I'm my own sustainer, I'm my own Allah, and as the five percent will quickly throw in there, arm, leg, leg, arm, head. That's right, right brother. That's right, brother. Black man is God, brother. The black man is God, brother. I'm the father of civilization, God of the universe, cream of the planet Earth, maker and owner then who else is there besides you? No, nah, brother. Uh, no, no. The white man is preventing me from moving up in the world, brother. Right. So I'm a god. Yeah, as a god, nothing can prevent you from reaching your level right. of you see, higher brother, existence and vibration. See, see, brother, Ravana, what you're not understanding, white man is a devil, and we have to rid the planet of the weak and well, wicked <laughs> devil in order for us to Isn't succeed. that right there is funny because... <laughs> These are the same niggas who will claim Kemet, 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 
right? But then they don't understand to who these concepts, <laughs> and they don't really understand that there is no such thing as God or devil. It's the same exact thing. That's right. Different degrees so the of you call somebody a devil, you claim to be a god, and the same opposite reaction takes place where you become the devil and they become the god at one time too. See, you're giving life to polarity and duality. That's they're right. They're all the same thing. That's right. They're all instead the of, same thing. Instead of, instead of destroying the god system, you're incorporating the god system. In order to destroy the god system, you have to operate in awareness in your primal self. Your primal self has no beginning, no end. There is no fucking gods. None of that shit there. It's just again, your pure and again, awareness. That's right. And again, brothers, like we, we mentioned uh, several times over the last couple of months, like it says in the Emerald Tablets of Tehuti, like Tehuti was teaching the Sam priesthood. By naming God, you create other gods. I mean, if you can't grasp that concept, then then you're lost. If you don't understand what that means, you're lost. You need to really go back and understand, you know, what that means. All right, let's go back to the phone. Uh, next call we got actually has, has a name. Uh, we got on the call, Akashic Reaper, you're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Just listening. All right, appreciate it, brother. Thank you. All right, let's go to, we'll go to the next call. Let's go to – all right, we got a call on the phone from Mississippi. You're on the call. Mississippi. we got a couple on the call, but this is uh, speaking. You'll be heard in Mississippi. Anybody there from Mississippi? I'm just listening. All right, thank you. We appreciate you listening. All right, we're going to go to the next call. We'll go one more call. If not, then we'll go back. I've got a couple more questions and comments online that are very interesting. All right, we got uh, North New Jersey. You're on the call. North New Jersey, do you have a question or a comment? I'm um, just listening on my work. No, no problem. We appreciate that, brother. Thank you. All right, cool. we got people listening at work. That's powerful. All right, let's go. Uh, let's scroll up. Uh, another interesting comment. I thought this was powerful. Uh, Sir Noble 32 typed in a couple comments I want to read to the listeners, uh, to those that are on the phone lines, can't see what he typed in earlier. Um, he says, uh, in uh, the book, An Age for Lucifer, Chapter 3, he talks about devouring emotional and cognitive soul and energy. Okay. Uh, up earlier, he typed in about rising above guardhood to something new. Um, this, is, this is powerful and important because, in essence, when you say being God, that's just a term or a metaphor uh, for controlling your own destiny. Because really, you, you become what it is you're supposed to become. And again, as we said, there's no boundaries to that. There's no limitations to that. There's no definable terms for that. So when we're using uh, terminology in, 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 in most uh, levels of consciousness or, or conscious circles, they'll use that word, and, and we'll use it as only a metaphor, but you can't put a term or a title on anything that is infinite. So when we talk about ourselves consciously, there is no title for that. Now, what tends to happen is humans have to put a title on things to feel comfortable with it. This is why some people can't go outside of, like Brother Ravana was talking about earlier, people will say, for an example, again, I'm God. Right? Then they'll say, I got to go pray, but I'm not the most high. You understand? So, well, here you are fucked up because you're still 
vibrating on a on a level that's outside of yourself because now you've given up your powers and your energy to an external force that doesn't even exist. Now, you have to be able, your emotions, and let's touch on that, and if you brothers want to chime in on this, um, devouring your, your emotional aspect. Let's talk about that. And this can work two ways for you, your emotions. As we know, emotions are basically energy and motions. Your soul or the energy of the soul is the very essence of the core of your being. So you hear the term when people say, you know, somebody can steal your soul. They use the metaphor. You can lose your soul. You understand? What that's really talking about is the intellect of the mind because really what it means is when you lose your mind, you actually lose your soul. You understand? Because once we know the mind is gone, everything that operates and keeps it functioning correctly goes. What tends to happen when somebody quote-unquote, medically loses their mind. They, they have emotional breakdowns. They have uh, bipolar disorders. They have nervous breakdowns. And we know from those uh, occurrences, a whole bunch of other problems can manifest. So what this is basically saying, when somebody's really talking about the very essence of your soul, it starts within the mind. Don't think of your soul from a spiritual terminology when you get this interpretation that it's something very spiritual and, you know, and yes, your soul. <laughs> into, no, that's not what it means when you deal with metaphysics, alchemy, and higher states of consciousness. When you lose your soul, it's because you've lost your mind. The soul is the vibrational energy of the very core of your being. It's the very fabric that makes up your existence. So once you lose connection with that, that's what it means to lose your soul. So we have to get out of our mind the definitions from a religious aspect uh, for people that might determine that, maybe listeners or if you're listening to the show for the first time, we're not talking about to people that are more experienced in a reading. We're not saying soul or spirit in the sense uh, from a religious perspective because both terms have been kind of destroyed and, and, and jacked up and not explained, right? I don't know if you brothers want to chime in on that. Yeah, let me let me add on to that. It's just like when you, when people speak about the chakras, you know, many people are just, when they deal with chakras, they're just going off of book-based information most of the time. There's no, like, under their own personal philosophy of it, and I'll give you an example. When you look, you go on Tumblr, you go on Google, you look at all these pictures of the chakras, they're always showing you these seven spheres of energy, you know, going down your spinal column. Now, many people take that shit literal, but there are not seven spheres going down your fucking spine. Consciousness doesn't work like that. What 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 did Tahuti say? All is mind, and the universe is mental. All consciousness resides in what? The mental universe. So when you base, when you base consciousness in one area, you say, "Oh, well, the root chakra is, you know, where the sacrum is. You know, it's near the sacrum area." of your body. Understand you're limiting that consciousness. You're limiting you you you're limiting it, you're labeling it rather than understanding all of this shit is in your mind. All of this shit. Consciousness, 
you know, when when you're doing chopper work, where the fuck are you doing that work? You're doing it in your mind. Ain't nobody touching you on your sacrum area near your ass saying, oh, root chakra, awaken, awaken one. Nah, brother. You're tickling your balls and reaching your chakras that way, brother. <laughs> the and and that's notice, a sacred scrotum ritual. That's right, brother. <laughs> exactly, brother. You gotta um you gotta <laughs> tickle your ass with a banana, brother. That's how you activate it. <laughs> but no. That's something that gets misconstrued and this is how you know when a lot of people are going just based upon book knowledge. Is when they don't expand beyond that shit. And they can't, they can't really give you a personal understanding of it. It's just everything you hear from them is based upon a book. And, you know, all is mind, the universe is mental. When you're doing chakra work, where do you go? You go to the primal mind. The primal mind, the source of all this shit. So it's like, are are the chakras really the way that they're depicted on, you know, on the Internet? And you got all these chakra gurus walking around and shit now? Correct. These are the questions, these are the questions you got to ask. Is shit really the way it's depicted? A lot of times people take shit in a literal sense, and it's not that literal. That's right. You got to get a chakra tattoo, too. Yeah, yeah, get a chakra tattoo. You know what? You just made me reflect on a Sargiti when you were saying that. It, it, it's weird because it's funny how words, words, words can activate uh, energy grids and take you back in time. While you were just talking, it literally took me back to the to 1991. It's fucked up how you. I saw the whole thing. 1991 on Delancey Street in Manhattan, where I was having a con- conversation. 91 going into actually it was end of 91 going into 92, when we were coming out of a different level of learning. Um, you were talking about the chakras, and when you look at a lot of those pictures you were describing. Uh, you'll see by the heart chakra. Sometimes they'll use the sun as a representation or a symbol when you see some of them. Sometimes they'll use it by the pineal gland. It just depends on the author and what they're trying to convey or what image they're trying to project. But I found it funny because I was talking at that time to some, spook, some spooked-out-ass Muslim. And when we were joking earlier about praying, I was, I was, it just took me back because here we are t- talking about the black man's God and and this nigga's caught up in the law worship, and then I have to go pray to a law. And we know when we look at it, the positioning of the Muslim prayers, uh, obviously it goes according to the positioning of the sun. All their prayers are based on the positioning of the sun. And what I had explained to the brother was when we were having this, we, we, back then we would teach something called the central sun that exists within the solar plexus, because we know each individual calls that area by the heart chakra, their solar plexus which we know has its connection with the phonetic word of the sun, et cetera, et cetera. But what just resonated with me, when a Muslim is actually basing their worship, even though they're doing it externally to some spook god called Allah, and it's tying into the positioning of the sun, which is really connecting to their inner heart chakra, which sometimes is represented by that sun, whether they're conscious of it or not. So, but here, here are individuals that are tricked into thinking that that concept, that deity that they're calling the most high law exists outside of themselves. But what do they teach, especially in Sufism, or even in some of, when we mentioned in some of the orders of the assassins, what do they teach in order to tap into what they call divine love, one's heart chakra has to be activated. So exactly. somebody played somebody play a trick on these Negroes, man. 
to these to these sun worshiping Muslim Negroes because they're taught to do this. Really, when you look at what they call salat, is basically an external ritual of what's really taking place on the inside. But they're being fooled and deceived to, to being led to believe that this is something that exists outside of themselves. When you yeah, were talking it's about just, that, it's just a it's, a it's a spooky you know it's a spooky form of yoga if you want to put it that way. <laughs> but when you were talking about that. And that's just what came to mind. I mean, I saw the whole thing. It, it, it actually resonated, and I felt what you were saying when you were describing the images because it conveyed, I mean, the images in itself convey, convey a whole bunch of words. Here's another yeah, interesting that's, that's, that's the, that, but That's the key right there is when you, when you have all these images. See, this is, <laughs> this is why you have to go through these things with experience because, to be honest with a lot of brothers and sisters out there, a lot of that shit that's in these books on yoga and all that shit, that's not the real shit. The real shit is in orders. They're not giving you the real shit. Yeah, right. A lot of times people have basic level shit. It's not real work. You know, like a lot of, a lot of, and a lot of people don't know India has sacred orders and they're not giving away all that shit like that. It's just not right. going to happen. So you you can get fooled by going on YouTube and Facebook and you see all these fucking chakra pictures and shit. You get fooled with thinking that's just the way things are when it's more esoteric than that. And and, and let me let me again what you just said when you talked about the orders. Let me read this from again the short paragraph from the Templars and the Assassins, the militia of heaven from James Wasserman, and this is on page seventeen. And this is talking about the doctrines of mystical secret societies. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, principle number one, an inner doctrine is at the heart of the, of the secret society. All of the group's teachings point to the inner doctrine, which is progressively revealed through the initiatory degrees of that society. Two says a hierarchical structure presides over the incremental unveiling of the inner doctrine, I meaning it's done in layers, and it's presented in those initiatic phases so it can leave a lasting impression on the initiate subconscious mind. As one progresses towards the top of the hierarchy, one presumably knows more than those below. Also, it is assumed that those further up in the hierarchy, it is assumed, I want to point that word out, of those further up in the hierarchy, that loyalty to the society and commitment to its principles have been tested through years of membership. So it doesn't mean just because you're high up that you might know more than the next person. That's, that's what that's basically uh, saying. Then I'm going to skip down to four. The development of a stable foundation upon which the candidate may continue to build is encouraged by the society's method of progressively revealing secrets that is gradually unfolding the inner doctrine over time and through the degrees of advancement within the hierarchy. The practical value of this style of teaching, this is a style of teaching, it's just one, to the society that it separates the committed from the merely curious. That's simply saying it's separating the book readers or the armchair magicians from one that actually wants to experience it. And me and Brother Ravana Nunn had this conversation, I think, several days ago. I read, and I can't remember where I read it. He might remember. I can't remember. What it said, if you are one of those individuals that belong to these sacred orders, and you can even reflect back when we were, uh, you know, what sparked our interest in, in, in Masons and the secret societies and the Rosicrucians, it wasn't the curiosity that was sparking us. What I had read in the book, it was that dark, chaotic energy or the dark side of your nature 
that motivates you or sparks you to want to go through these initiatory orders because you want to tap into the unknown, okay? That's what initiatory, we're speaking exclusively now on initiatory secret societies and orders that are done in this structure, which is for the purpose to take the candidate through levels of degrees, for the purpose of leaving, leaving that lasting pressure on the subconscious mind, which also gains that candidate the experience. And that resonated with me again because that's the real reason what always intrigued me about those mystical orders was I was always in fucking intrigued about the unknown, going, going through the unknown and wanting to experience that, the adrenaline, adrenaline rush from it in the sense of, the again, the core, the inner nature of our subconscious mind wants to go somewhere where, it's, it, where it wants to experience, it's vibrating towards it, but needs the experience of it. That would be contacting your dark side nature. The path, the path of power. There, there you go. There you go. All right. So I want to throw that in there. Brother Ron, anything you want to add to that before we take the next question? No, nah, brother, I'm good. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a few more. We've got about 15, 20 minutes, and, and then we're probably going to shut it down. All right, let's go back to the uh, – before I go back to the phone, I want to type in something. I want to type in. I want to read something that, that uh, Guest 6 typed in. Uh, which we actually typed back, but I want to read it to those that maybe can't see it, that are just listening. Um, and guess six, I typed in a little bit earlier, it said, if, if, one ever, if one never read a book about Tehuti or the Sith, et cetera, and created its own, written his own, and walked his, walked his own unique path, what do you call such a person? And, and we simply typed in a master. That's the whole point. So we want to make it clear, it's not necessary to have a full understanding of all these things is not a requirement because remember these just represent aspects of consciousness that's it so it's not mandatory or necessary to be completely skilled in any one specific area because if you are again as we said self-creating then hey you're getting the gist of what we try to talk about so we would call that person their own self lord and master ain't that what they ain't that what they say also the five percent nation islam our self lord and master uh, I don't think they know what that means. If you are I, self, Lord, and Master, uh, then you can't believe that some guy called Putin, Clarence Jower Smith, was an incarnation of a law. That destroys the very fabric of your teachings. You understand? Now, I can understand when you say you're all a law, but then when you say that one specifically personified in the form of a law, just like the Nation of Islam does, and says that, uh, their personification is Master Farah Muhammad incarnated in the form of law, and then they sit there and say, well, he was half black and half white because he had, had the nature of the devil and the nature of God. That's some straight-up bullshit because when I look at Master Farah Muhammad, he looks like Prince Charles or something. He looks nothing like what they describe a law would be, and this is an organization that promotes complete, complete hate towards Caucasians, but yet the very God that they uplift and worship is Caucasian. There's no getting around that. And to justify it and use some bullshit-ass terminology goes to show you, if you believe in that doctrine, that's within, so without. So if that's the way you feel within and it's a representation of what you're representing on the outside, I, I don't want no part of that shit. You can have that shit. But anyway. All right, let's go to the phone. It's funny. Let's go. Uh, I wanted to add on to that. No, no, go ahead, it's, brother. Go ahead. And it's, re- it's very interesting. I mean, when you true, when you you know, it's funny because I come across a lot of um, chakra gurus on Facebook and all that shit. Oh yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and they tell you all this book information that you pretty much can find out by reading any fucking book about chakras, pretty much. 
and you can really you can really tell if somebody's really doing the fucking work, you know, about the shit that they say. You know, it's like, you know, when you understand how this shit really works, you understand it is the formless shit that creates the forms. You understand the path of consciousness is to be formless. That's it. There is no gods. There is no devils. It's just you. It's consciousness. I mean, that is the shit. But <laughs> it's, it, it's really funny when you, you come across these different philosophies and, you know, you hear you, you hear motherfuckers talking about the chakras, you know, and, and it's book-based information. They can't not tell you on a practical level how that shit really works. They can give you somebody else's rituals. That's about it. But on a personal perspective, you be like, how does that shit work for you? How do you tap into your fucking chakras? You know what's interesting? Get... Uh-huh. No, go ahead, Phil. Are you finished, brother? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, you know what's interesting when you said that? I want everybody if they can research this feed. I think I was talking about this with Brother Ravon a few days ago. There was this Nawapian brother that got smashed on YouTube by uh, Brother Reggie from the House of Consciousness. <laughs> now, what I thought was interesting about it, it goes to show you how people are programming can't think for themselves. Let me give you an example. Brother smashed him up because the brother was sitting there trying to say the Nuwabic language is the oldest language on the planet. You know, we all heard that bullshit. That's <laughs> something that they try to promote in their, in their, in their, in their, in their religious in field-based doctrine that they claim isn't religious. So Brother Reggie came at this brother and simply said, what are you basing that on? So this Negro went into some ridiculous rant. Well, back in ancient Egypt, making statements as if he can confirm word for verbatim. Now, anybody that knows their doctrine knows he was spitting word verbatim what he read in Dr. York's books. He wasn't saying anything intelligent on his own way of thinking. It was just word verbatim. I know this because I've read every one of their books. I think I know who you're talking about is a young life skin brother, right? Yeah, yeah. Straight up program. (laughs) You know what's what's funny? I just want to say this. What's funny about that, I, I saw those videos, and, man, I was cracking up because they was having fun with his ass. He thought he was deep, but then they oh, were laughing at his ass. They ripped him apart. Now, now, when he got trapped, he said, give me some evidence to verify what you're saying. So then the brother set himself up and said, well, that language comes from the Napatians and Napta Playa. Now, we all, I've all heard this shit, and I can tell you exactly where they're getting at. So the brother said, "The brother said, really? How old is the is the Napatian uh, culture?" The brother couldn't give him an answer. He said, "Where does the Napatian script come from, and what did it migrate into?" Then the brother left that and got into the Sabian script of Ethiopia. Now I'm like, "Where's this Negro going? He's jumping all around." So it's showing me he don't know what he's talking about. So he said, "Show me a script that you're talking about." So the brother kept stalling, said, "Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna pull it up on my phone. Hold on, hold on, hold on." Brother took forever, and the brother was bashing him up. And then the brother said something that was important. He said, all you're saying is because you believe that your leader is the sole source of all information, right? So he goes, oh, yeah, we believe he's the master teacher, and he knows. So he says, see, that's the problem. So he says, where are your teacher getting his sources? 
Remember we said earlier oh, in the show? Oh, remember shit. we said earlier in the show, everybody studies, gets something from somewhere. You heard Ravana say in the beginning of the show, you got it from somewhere. It, this is a system that goes in a chain. So brother put him on the spot and said, where did your teacher get his sources? Show me a script. So the brother's going on the phone. He pulls up this picture he has on the phone. Here's the fucked up part. So the brother grabs the phone. He's looking at it. He goes, all right, that's the Sabian script. He said, where, where did you get this picture from? So he's like, hold on, hold on. So he takes the phone, and the brother scrolls up, and he's getting it off on the Wapian website. Because here's a program coon that can't quote anything but what he's been programmed. And he's like, the question I'm asking you is, you're going on to one of your own websites. Where that, that specific picture that's on that website you're showing me, where did your teacher get that picture from? And here's the brother that had no answer. Here's a classic example of what we're talking about, of somebody that systematically programs and they're in one of these exclusive Mickey Mouse clubs, and all they're doing is regurgitating everything they've been programmed by the leader or the teacher. And I have conversations with them all the time. Ravana has conversations with these people all the time. And Brother Asar, as he told you earlier, none of them can ever articulate anything in their own words. Because as I'm listening to it, because as we said, we were, we were members of that organization for years. I can tell you every single word, where he got it from, what book. I can even sometimes give you the exact page. And I'm sitting there listening. Now, here was another brother that wasn't never a Nuwapian, but obviously has some level of consciousness and intelligence, was able to put this dude on the spot and said, look, there is no one source. He said, that's your problem. When you think it's exclusively coming from one source or one man, you're wrong. And then he spit off a whole bunch of leaders, historians, and then here's the deep thing. He even mentioned, I can't remember the, the, uh, the guy's name, but it's a Caucasian scholar who even Africans recognize as the most thorough scholar on, on the Napatian culture. And he had asked the brother, who's the most thorough scholar on the Napatian culture? And this fucking idiot said Dr. York. And had no basis, exactly. And had, and had no basis. And he said, based on what? Other than that, he told you that? You know what this Negro's answer was? Here's the sickness that I wanted to point out. Well, you see, I'm saying that because, see, you see, Dr. York, he spent a lot of time in Egypt and Africa, and he studied and got his degrees there. And he's not just saying that based on what he read in books. He was there. Nigga, he was there. He wasn't there. Okay? So he can tell you anything. You still ain't articulating nothing in your own words and terminology. You're still following something. That would be somebody that's convinced themselves that they're dealing with high levels of consciousness, but they're still being programmed. So that's very important. That would be an example of what we're talking about. Now, if you ever get time, it's not that long. It's about a 45-minute whoop-ass. If you want to watch that video, I thought it was very funny. In the that sense, shit was hilarious. I, it, I was it, cracking up the whole time. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because it proves and validates a lot of the information that we talk about on the and, show. And you know, and, and you know, when you when you have somebody that's very practical, when you deal with somebody that's really practical on some shit, and when they approach you and ask you to go into detail about certain information, and you all you can do is spew book rhetoric, you know what that means? That means you ain't been doing shit. That's what no. that means. Well, again, these are people that left one state of consciousness, okay, and come into another state of consciousness. could be the nation of Islam, could be the Nuwapians, whatever, and now they've convinced themselves that they're awake. But yet now what tends to happen is 
they have a new Bible, and it's called the Holy Tablets or the Actual Facts. And they have a new Jesus figure, and he's called Dr. York. Or they have the Quran, and their new Jesus figure is, is Minister Farrakhan. You understand? So what one thing that they claim they left has now been, been replaced by the same thing. And then they'll turn around and tell you that they're gods. And this is what we've been talking about all night. How can you say you're God when you put your soul salvation, and when we're saying the word soul, we're talking about the very core, the vibrational existence of your being, your intellect, your superconsciousness. How can you put that in the hands of another and say that and you're into, God? Into, into a, a, to another man. I mean, you cannot call yourself a fucking God or a master if you're you dependent on a fucking God, a human, a spirit, or anything for your salvation. You should just just go back to the church. God damn. You know Smack <laughs> I, the it hurts it hurts my head thinking about when I when I come across those type of people that's talking that bullshit, I'm a God, I'm this, I'm that and then you hear him talking about, you know, uh, I did a ritual to Oshun, you know, um or <laughs> You know, I put out some glasses for Yemaya. Like, I thought you was a god. That's I right. I thought you was the master of all this shit. I thought you was the god of the universe, like the fucking uh, Nation of Islam teaches teach. I thought that was you. What I'm trying to say, bro, they got it twisted. Um, Brother Ramon, anything you wanted to add to that? I think we'll take one more question. Is there anything you wanted to add to that? Nope. All right, we're going to take one more question. We're going to take one more phone call. Uh, then we're going to shut it down. Let's go to the phone. We got brother Seth Atman on the phone. What's up, brother? Brother, you there? Brother Good Seth Atman? Yeah. Good night, brother. Um, not too long. What's going on, man? What's, uh, What's going on, brother? You got a question or a comment? I, I, a lot of the things that the brothers them said, you, you guys said tonight, was is a lot of um, what I call my childhood, like childhood questions I had. As you know, that's been resolved. Um, in like, in, you know, this and a lot of things are questioned. Right. was find the answers to it. And one of you know, one of the things that for me is what was the question of love, because you know, like it's basically like I wouldn't say genuine in the Caribbean, but where it comes. Um. People just see love as a general concept. You know, you either love somebody or you don't love love the person. And that was something, like, I had, like, a struggle with. But I, I just find, like, within myself, after I was able to start going out on my own, I start learning how to define it or portion it in my own way that I could love different people in my own way and I feel good about it. But you know, I was really glad to touch on these other stuff. Uh, right. I mean, this show tonight. Uh, brother, brother, brother Seth, repeat because uh, your phone kind of went out. What, what were you saying about love? Because I, I want to make sure I heard what you said clearly. It, yeah, I was saying the concept of love um, before we, we started growing up in a way where we 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 sort of generalize love. We just say love, okay. love and but we we never was I was never able to understand until we start like taking things upon myself. 
you know, right. spiritual walk. And, um, but it could not for a portion, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to share. Love for another. Right. And be able to understand how I could accentuate my own inner love, my own love for self, and utilize that energy and apportion it to those right. I choose to. And, and right. what, what I said tonight, it's really about you. You as an individual going through your own journey. And to me, it's like if you want to have success in, in, in your spiritual journey, you really have to really do a lot, a lot of work on yourself. And sometimes it may seem that, you know, it's sort of like unending, it's like when it's going to end. But it's right. like the continuous, it's a continuous set of work, it's a continuous journey, you know. That, that's really what, what I really want to share tonight. Right, and, that, and, I, and I appreciate that. The uh, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, what the part you said about love, um, that's a powerful emotion, and it can run amok if you can't control it. Now, we we, we have to understand there's different uh, degrees of vibration of that emotion. You know, uh, to the mundane level, on the physical level, uh, you can love women with fat asses. That's a form of love. You can love sex. You understand? And that can turn into lust. But it is a, it, let's be real, it's a form of love. Um, again, you can love a nice car. So we got to understand the degrees of vibration of Now, when you mentioned love for self, I think that's the most important love. Um, because true or, or even in the assassin orders, you'll find in a lot of these uh, Templar degrees and assassin orders, they call it amongst the Sufis divine love. Um, and what divine love is, being able to connect the aspects of all. Uh, for lack of a better word, um, you don't separate anything. You appreciate the totality and your position in the universe or the universes with that totality. That will be connecting with the higher form of what we call love, which precedes the physical emotion of love. Now, I think what tends to happen is people get those two things fucking twisted. And I'm glad you separated the two because don't confuse that with physical love. And I think what happens is, in a lot of these religions, it's really physical love because they say, I love Jesus, right? But what do they personify Jesus as? Physical man. It takes you to physical love. And it's not taking you to the higher consciousness itself. That's no different than you loving your wife or loving your child because, again, you're focused on man worship. And more importantly, you're focused your energy on something outside of yourself. That would be physical love. But I'm glad you used the term inner love, which is totally different, and that's going to vary, obviously, from individual to individual. Um, anything you brothers wanted to share with Brother Seth on that? No, you're good, brother. You're good. All right. Any other questions, Brother Seth? That's all I wanted to share today. All right, man. Hey, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your call, and thank you for calling, all right? Okay, my brother. All right, brother. All right, I think that's going to do it. We're going to we're going to leave it there. I think we uh brothers, I think we covered a we covered a mouthful, man. So, I think we'll we'll leave it there. So, if you brothers want to go ahead and give your your uh, closing comments, go ahead, man. Sure. Uh Ravana Noon. Uh as always, we leave you with the same thought. Do the work, walk the path, find your own that works for you and stay at it and you'll see results and changes in your daily life. Uh, if you want to stay in touch with myself, 
or the brothers, you can reach us at Awakening Universal Minds, which is on Facebook. Also, you can reach me, Ravana Noon, on Facebook, which is R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, or Ravana Noon at Outlook.com. Peace. All right, appreciate that, Brother Sark. Peace, Brother Sark, D.D. And you can look me up on Facebook, A-U-S-A-R-G-H-E-D-E. You can also um, contact me at sargidi at yahoo.com. Also, our page on Facebook, Awakening Universal Minds. And uh, last statement is continue your path, whatever that may be, or pass, because you may be on more than one. And apply what you learn and grasp your own understanding. Create your own philosophy of life. Because that's the shit that's going to push you to major heights. That's my last comment. Peace. All right. Appreciate that, Brother Sar. Uh, again, same thing, uh, Brother Benita. You can contact me at khnum19 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to my Mother Nubia Inc. Google page and YouTube page. Uh, there's all 40-something videos on there on all different topics, magic, the occult, Egypt, et cetera. Um, definitely go to our Facebook page for the show, uh, Awakening Universal Minds. And also, if you would like to contact any one of us brothers uh, to come to your area and do a class or a lecture, by all means, uh, definitely contact one of us. We would definitely be open to that. Um, we will have the structure of this magical order that we're talking about set up. And, and again, those interested, we will definitely get that information out to you. And, again, we're looking for quantity, not quality, and for people that have something to offer the order. This is not, not going to be a, a uh, magical dark order based on that. We're going to spoon feed you everything, and we're going to show you how to do everything. No, you've got you to gotta be a god and, and, and add your creational aspect to it. So we'll have more information on that. Uh, if you are or happen to be in the Miami area on next Saturday, November 14th, uh, 7.30 p.m., I will be doing a lecture at Sophia's Garden of Miami in North Miami Beach. Um, so if you're in the area, you can definitely come out there and see me. Um, we'll have a shitload of books out there. Uh, there'll be some other vendors there. Um, there'll be a lot of natural uh, The sister that uh, owns the place, she makes a lot of natural vegetarian uh, food, turkey burgers. Uh, she actually grows the food in her garden. Um, so there'll be a lot of good food out there, a lot of good books, a lot of good vendors, and I'll be out there myself with a shitload of books. So if you are in the Miami area that weekend or you want to come out that weekend, there's no charge for the event. Uh, it is free. We just ask that you support the vendors that are putting the event on, support uh, Sophia's Garden of Matt, um because she doesn't charge for any of her events. She basically goes on uh, the support that people give to the vendors. So I would definitely, if anybody's in the area or would like to come out, definitely would like to kind of put faces to some of the people we talk to. Uh, that'll be next Saturday, November 14th, 730. Uh, I can give you the uh, information on that if you just send me an email at khnum19 at gmail.com. And again, go to Awakening Universal Minds. Uh, if you got a, an interest on the show, what we're going to start focusing on next week, we're going to go through different magical systems um, so we're going to talk about that. So we're going to get into the higher depths of some, some black magic and work in some of this dark magic. Uh, we're going to start a series of shows on that next week. Uh, that's basically it. That's all I got for you. Again, uh, all the brothers, and I know this comes from all the brothers, we appreciate the support. 
Uh, we appreciate all the listeners from all over the place, all over the United States, the Caribbean, Europe, Brazil, Australia. Uh, and if I forgot anybody, I apologize, but we do appreciate your support. And everybody enjoy till we see you. Enjoy the rest of your week till next Thursday. And we will see everybody here next Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Spread the word. Let a friend know. That's the purpose of this show. Get the information out. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.